yes, 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 yes! That was a goal! Striker! And another! Bing bang, stick it in! Thank you and good night! Twat! That was liquid football! Hello everybody, it's your old friends at Monday Madness and uh, welcome to our uh, Premier League season review episode of the Dallas Liquid Football Podcast. Woo! Hey, wow, you haven't got that in time, that's impressive. Even, even over the internet, not only do you have like a, a, a paused like entrance, but you also did it at the same time. That's impressive. That's genuinely <laughs> impressive. Uh, how's the move, guys? Um, have you have you enjoyed the Premier League season that was the longest one in history? I don't think any Arsenal player can say they enjoyed anything about this season. Uh, well, I, I enjoyed the fact that it's over. I'm <laughs> yeah. loving that fucking bit. I'm loving That's fucking true. loving that bit. Uh, yeah, no, I kind of had to cheer myself up by going onto a, a stationery store and <laughs> dropping some cash. So well, uh, we, yeah. we all know your feelings on them. To be fair, that's not really a, a shocker in that sense. Uh, so yeah, we will get into the uh, the, the the Premier League uh, now that it's over. It's done with. Uh, we'll go through the league table. We'll discuss some of the more prominent clubs in it, and then whatever happened in the mill table, nobody knows because nobody cares. Uh, but to get ourselves warmed up, uh, as is tradition, I have a very quick round of transfer cuff. Again, a themed one this time around, lads. This one is uh, themed. I can. I think Neil will enjoy this one because he uh, emotionally relates to it. Uh, old bastards. Um, so, <laughs> oh, the face. Is this about the William or signing William? No, it's not. No, no, that was far too obvious. So, uh, I have three stories, uh, as is often the case. Um, two of them are real. They're from oh, yeah. reputable sources, and one of them is a fake. And it's up to you guys to spot the fake. So. My top story tonight uh, is doesn't have a source. It's literally everyone is reporting it. That uh, former Zenit St. Petersburg captain Branislav Ivanovic will be joining Everton after his release from the Russian club. He's 36 years old. He's worked on the national league before. <laughs> it's bizarre, I know. But he's 36 years old. He's worked on the national league before at Chelsea. And he's likely to be the first and potentially only signing of the summer depending on what happens elsewhere so that story is somehow Ivanovic to Everton I didn't realize he was still playing but here we are um my second story then comes from a, a gentleman from the Manchester Evening News by the name of Duncan Castles uh, and he is reporting that Manchester City are looking to replace David Silva with an experienced playmaker now you might think that Phil Foden is a natural replacement but according to Castles they're looking to get someone else in and that someone else in is Luka Modric so they think they can get him on a cut price deal from Real Madrid. And the plan is to offer him a three-year deal, which will see him end his career at Manchester City. So that story is Luka Modric to Man City. And my final story then comes from the Daily Mail. Uh, and they've caught wind that Tottenham are interested in signing uh, Troy Deeney from championship-bound Watford. Now, 
they believe that the deal they're offering for, to Watford or to Troy Dean himself is a loan deal for the, for the, for the initial season. And then they'll sign uh, Troy Deeney on a free in 2021 on a more permanent basis. So that story is Troy Deeney to Spurs initially on a loan and then permanent next season. So uh, out of those three stories, guys, which one are you calling bullshit on? Ooh, like a lot of Arsenal players and fans hate Troy Deeney. Um, so him going to school <laughs> is a very juicy, juicy uh, gossip. He's a gossip. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a gossip with a lot of cojones. It does. Yeah. Um, and as we all know, the Spurs team really needs cojones at the minute. The well, secret was off during the first one you said, so I don't know. I'm going to rule that one out. So I'm going to go with My- uh, Modric to Man City. To be fair, that is the best best logic you've had all season. <laughs> it was like the Zoom go, equivalent of a 50-50. I'm, I'm going to go with um, Ivanovic to Everton as bullshit. Um, I've, actually, I've actually seen the story about uh, Spurs potentially signing Dini. Mm-hmm. And um, I laughed so hard I woke up my daughter. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> fair enough. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah. So okay. I, I reckon. I reckon. I don't. I reckon not even Everton. The pointlessness of football that is Everton mm. would sign a thirty-six-year-old. Is he even still playing as a fucking left back anymore? Yeah, he's still, he's a still playing as a left back. Yeah, fuck me. He was clapped out five years ago. Like, well, he did go to the Russian league. To be fair, <sighs> nah, man, that's that's got to be garbage. Not even Everton would do that. Okay, so you're, you're calling Bolton on Everton to uh, sign Ivanovic and the Burkwats going for Man City to sign Modric. So, you got it. My first real story is from the Daily Mail and it is indeed Spurs uh, looking to sign Troy Deeney. So, don't put me... By the way, I didn't read it on the Daily Mail. I would never it's be been everywhere. that screen. Yeah. I just saw a kind of fucking news feed and I was like, yeah, what yeah, the no, fuck? It, it, it is everywhere, in fairness. So that one is possible because Spurs are, don't have that much money. That's why they're going for a loan deal. Um, my other real story, though, involves Everton and their pursuit of Branislav oh, Ivanovic right to bolster off. their defence. No way. He's not going to bolster the defence. The, the deal is expected the- next week. The only way to get the, if he could bolster their defence is if he fucking stood in for a training cone. <laughs> he's going to be the first signing of the summer. Him. Yeah. How, how, like, he's 36. He was yeah. gone five years ago. How, he can't have any legs left. You think so, but alas, Everton thinks differently. Uh, which like, means... He's going to be competing with... Well, he's replacing Leighton Baines, surely, then. And that's yeah, the that's, that's the idea, basically. He's the backup to <laughs> Digne. Or, sorry, the backup to Coleman, the bigger part. He plays right back as well. That's so. just mental. Like, you know, that, it would take him the full 90 minutes just to get to the end of the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of coaching role involved. I don't know. But either way, he's, he's coming back to the Premier League in the Everton team. Let's hope, uh, let's hope uh, the anti-doping don't class WD-40 as a PED. <laughs> that is gonna, what they're banking on. He's, he's going to need to be sprayed down on the fucking regular. Yes. <laughs> That'll be his warm-up, is getting greased up like fucking groundskeeper. Quite really. literally, he's going to yeah. have to be fucking greased up. 
<laughs> so yes, that means. Did you see that actually? Speaking of greased up, have you seen the image of uh, Traore being oiled up? Um, well, Did you accidentally like segue somewhere into some weird part of Pornhub? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I think this is real. Uh, <laughs> Did you see any male genitalia? No, I was just looking at a very large, muscular black man being oiled up. Not sexual whatsoever. Perfectly natural, Neil. Oh, also, by the way, how long were you looking at this for? When you said, oh, did you see this? I was only watching it on repeat for about 45 minutes. <laughs> you know, like, I wasn't sure. I just had to keep checking to make I sure. I had to make sure it was Triori. had to make yeah. sure. I just didn't know if it was Watford or Wolves. And I just oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. That fucking excuse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, whatever. <laughs> Filthy bitch. So, yeah, so he was getting, he, he was getting oiled up, was he? Yeah, so that it's harder for the defenders to grab onto him, uh, so he could just slip past them. Are you sure you just didn't accidentally click onto some wrestling porn? Because that's what that's what the the white wrestlers baby all themselves. I, I I really hope this is a real thing, and I didn't just imagine it. <laughs> did you just did you just drave this? Think about Sorry, it. Here's some fun. here's some football stickers and a bottle of baby oil. Go nuts. <laughs> How exactly do you baby oil someone who wears has to wear a shirt and shorts? I'm gonna find this image. No, I'm gonna look this up. It's gonna be on my search history. Jesus Christ! You're willing to to take that bullet, are you? You're willing to take that bullet? Yes, she is. A very large black bullet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was on. It was on Reddit, the very, very reliable source of Reddit. Of course. Is it? Was it the Gone Wild section? Not was it, safe was it behind an age uh, <laughs> uh, oh, How do I even send this? By the way, I hope our listeners appreciate this little uh, peek into the dream factory that is Borkba. <laughs> 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 this is a really interesting uh, glimpse behind the curtain here now. You know, really we're, we're getting kicked off our season review in style. By Absolutely, really, yeah. Greased up fucking Adama Traore. If he wasn't in depth enough. Freudian, in-depth Freudian analysis of fucking Burkbot id. <laughs> also, by the way, why would he need to be oiled up to make him difficult to grab onto? The guy fucking runs at 95 million miles an hour and he's built like a fucking tank. Who the fuck is tackling that man with their arms? <laughs> I was about to say, maybe it's just to reduce drag so he just punches through the air like a fucking sonic boom. Yeah, yeah that's it, yeah. It's, yeah. it's to reduce his air resist. It's just drag, yeah. Like he, exactly, because he's, he's fucking squarely built. <laughs> exactly. So yes. Uh, anyway, let's move on while I'm let's getting move on. Yes, the same story, <laughs> yeah, by the she's way. she's getting it there, all right. Which, which happened a while ago was that Man City <laughs> were trying to sign Luka Modric. I completely made that up. So, uh, while Burkbot uh, checks her porn history, let's jump right into the Premier League rundown. It's 
yeah, the season's over. You'd be shocked to hear. The last match they happened last week. Quick review of the results. We're not going to talk about the matches because they're, we're going to be discussing them generally in the league table rundown. So uh, we had a 2-1 win for Brighton against Burnley. Some pretty lovely goals in that match. Uh, Man United beat Leicester 2-0, thanks to Casper Schmeichel and Johnny Evans. Funny how that works, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Chelsea beat Wolves 2-0 in an actual like good performance for Chelsea. Um, it's amazing what can happen if you actually just drop Kepa and never speak to him again. Um, <laughs> Uh, Palace held Spurs to a one-all draw, but it's okay. Spurs are very happy because they got into the Europa League, which is so cute. Um, and <laughs> Liverpool beat Newcastle 3-1 uh, in a match where, like, you know, something's happened. Uh, West Ham and Aston Villa uh, drew one-all, uh, which is enough to, for Aston Villa to stay in the league for another season. Uh, Manchester City beat Norwich 5-0. Go fuck off. You're all cheating bastards. Uh, Arsenal uh, beat Watford 3-2. Uh, <laughs> which was a very dramatic match for everyone involved. Watford did their darndest, but Emmy Martinez uh, very much relegated Watford in the end. Um, moving on then, we had Southampton uh, fighting back against Sheffield and beating them 3-1 at home, which was actually a shock. Uh, and then the last match then we'll mention is uh, a 3-1 win for Bournemouth against Everton, further proving that Everton are completely redundant, but also that Bournemouth, yeah. regardless of what they did, were still going to go down. So uh, yeah. pre- pretty much confirming what we knew already. So that was the Premier League in a sense. So what we'll do is we're going to go to the league table and discuss the teams in kind of like groups. I think it's the best way of doing it. Um, so we'll start off at the bottom then and talk about the three relegated teams. We have Norwich bottom, which uh, in the end, they were uh, 14 points uh, away from safety. Um, I don't think they won a match since the lockdown. I don't think they even scored a goal. Like They were really, really bad since the lockdown. Well, no, no, it's not the only team to be really, really bad. We'll get onto them later, but I think Leicester mm. as well. I think they only won like two games since the lockdown and lost all of them. Yeah. Same with Palace. Palace did Pal- Palace lost their last game, didn't they? They, uh, they drew it. They drew it. All right, then. They, so, they like, definitely switched off, though. Yeah, they, they were definitely switched off. I mean, like, the eight games before that, Palace all lost. So mm. that draw ended a nine-game losing streak for the fucking them. So, like, yeah. Yeah, right. I was like, it, it's it's not all the games they lost post lockdown. It's all the games they lost <laughs> before the lockdown. Yeah, that, that kind of you know, this just sealed the deal, really. Fuck yeah. yeah, but I think the problem with Norwich was that I think perhaps because they steamrolled the championship last season, they thought they had everything they needed to tackle the Premier League, and it perhaps should come as a warning to like to the teams coming up to the league that maybe not, obviously not to go stupid on spending money like some teams do. But at least bolster your team, you know. Like as, as much as like Timu Pukki murdered the championship, in the end, like you can't fucking rely on him for the same number of goals in the Premier League. And like fucking hell, like oh yeah, now, okay, now we can see it. So they actually they actually do <laughs> up a down Traore pre-match. Yeah. Why? I, I know it's just for his arms, but still, like, that's that's. Then, right, check that shit out. Right. That was a man who actually said, literally, with a straight face in an interview, I don't lift weights. Yeah. He's just, he's just, he's just like that normally. It's a diet. He's a, he's a high... Um, high he, get, he, gets that, he, gets, he gets arms like that from running. Yes. I know, it happens. <laughs> it happens for us all. You know, we just run enough, you just, your arms get bigger instead of your legs. It's proven. It's, it's brilliant. Uh, Borkbot's wearing glasses, so I can see that she's actually full screen the image. Look at the face of her, it's just like, shut up, she's blushing. She's actually blushing on camera, holy shit. Well, 
Aren't we learning a lot about you tonight, eh? (laughs) Always leaving something for the end of season finale. Yes. Your kinks, apparently. Fetish Um, reveals, yeah. Yes. You'll see see the viewership spike on this. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking wish. Um... Especially so, yes. since this is an audio format. But exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, we can yeah. use it as a thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> just there. Just doing like, kind of the Spongebob uh, face. Just, <laughs> just huffing out like. Um, but yeah, Norwich were terrible. Um, goes without saying. They had a very bad, like horrendous defending. Uh, they put all their eggs in Pookie, thinking he'd score 20 goals. He didn't. Um, and they had no backups to fucking help him out. Uh so I'm not really surprised there. They still might bounce back though because like they're totally in it for the parachute payments. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Um, so we might see them again soon. Uh, the other two teams that joined them though, uh, relegated on the last day, were Watford and Bournemouth. So uh, we discussed at length the problems with both clubs in the last two previous podcasts. One Would is you... thoroughly, thoroughly forgettable for me. Naturally. <laughs> yeah, well, that one has been established throughout the entire year, I think it's fair to say. Uh, yeah. But do you think, like, like are, were they right to go down? Or do you think there were teams worse than them? I won't miss them. No. I, I won't miss them either. Um, no, they, they they deserve to go down, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't look at those three relegated teams and think, oh... They were so unlucky. Yeah. yeah. There's no, I don't feel there's anyone that was unlucky there. You know, there has been years where, like, I think Villa would have been unlucky to go down. I'm not a Villa supporter, but I do think they did enough this year to mm. survive. And I feel like because that was a, an option that Villa could have gone down, I would have felt, oh, they were hard done by. Yeah. Um, but I didn't feel like Bournemouth or Watford were hard done by, by at all. No, I, I think we discussed at length that they, they, the reason they went down was because of issues with themselves. Like they they were responsible for their relegation. Like with Bournemouth, it was, the, it was the recruitment over so many years that, and most of their big signings failed. Like really, you're only actually seeing Solanke go now because they're lumping the ball up to him, like Group 1 style. And like, their, their massive like playmakers just don't cut the mustard outside of David Brooks. With Watford, it's the managers. Like just stop fucking sacking managers. Let one person take the job for a year and let them see what happens. Like, I, I, I genuinely believe if they didn't sack Nigel Pearson two games in, they would have survived. I think they would have uh, got out of this mess. They probably would have beaten Arsenal, you know. Um, like, I, I honestly do think so. I think Nigel, Nigel would have fucking parked the bus and just, like, blocked the team and would have, like, scrapped out a goal. Like, I do, I do honestly believe that. So, yeah, I, I've no love or sympathy for Watford. They get exactly what they deserve. If they're going to keep sacking managers, this is what they're going to get. Like no one's no stability at all. Have they announced a new permanent manager? No, there could be the case that Hayden Mullins might get the job for next season. But again, it's it's more than likely he'll be given the job, sacked after eight games, and then some anonymous Italian manager will get the job instead. I do think it's really bad that with two games to go and you're fighting for relegation, you get let go of your manager, and then you don't have someone like you. It just shows how ill-prepared they were because they don't have someone to take over straight away. Now yeah. they're into like a transfer window and there's no manager there to help, you know, mm. recruit people to try and get back up again or whatever. And also, there's no manager Jesus to help players. stop people going out. They're going to get yeah. clean. Like, if you look at that team, like the Corey, Sar, uh, Will Sar will be gone. Sar will be definitely gone. Yeah. Are um, we not like linked with the Corey yet? 
I, I'm I'd sure be amazed, I'd be amazed if we get to the end of the week without being linked to that entire fucking team. Yes, in fairness. Uh, if you grasp it, like, we linked to a stable team and a team you, person you do sign from Watford, Craig Dawson. Yeah, great. Another, <laughs> another centre-back. Super. Um, but yeah, like, I, I've no love for them. They're rightfully to go down. Uh, Villa were the team then in the end to uh, stay up and they did it with a draw against West Ham. I, again, I, I'm kind of with Burkwell on this one. Like, I do actually kind of like the Villa team. They do put themselves out a bit. Uh, but they really, I do think they're a candidate to go down next season. I don't think they really, outside of Grealish and McGinn, like, uh, oh no! When they, they, when they lose, struggle for firepower. Yeah, if they if if they lose if they lose Grealish, they're down. Yeah, yeah. I I think I'm a guy. I'm agreeable with that. Um, like they're they're only fortunate. Funnily enough, like they're fortunate with the the uh, coronavirus pandemic, and like with no team having any fucking money, mm. and also no team having really any space for Grealish because he's built up. I, want to, I don't want to say brand, but you know what I mean. He's built up a kind of like um, aura of being a fucking shit hot midfielder that now when it comes to contract negotiations and shit like that, he mm. can go in and go, look, I want guaranteed game time. And yeah. There's very little teams at the top that'll give him that, you know? And yeah. he hasn't made up, he hasn't made such a stir that he can go abroad and, mm. you know, make a lot of money. So like, We'll take a look. Like you know, he's not getting into the Liverpool team. Um, City have City have enough players like him anyway. Yeah. Um, In fact, they're letting one of the best players in his position go. He's retiring at the end of the season. Like Silva, Um, Chelsea. No, they've got enough players like him. They've got too many players like him. They're they're also going all out for Kai Havertz, so Mm -hmm. they're not going to sign him. Yeah, um, Man- Manchester United, Bruno Fernandes, and they're going all out for Jaden Sancho, so they're not going to go in for him. Mm. Who else is going to fucking sign him? Like Spurs. Yeah. Spurs. Spurs are the only ones I can see signing, but he will not Funnily, have the money to spend. Spurs don't have the money to spend, and plus, yeah. also, he'll have to play under Jose Mourinho, so like, <laughs> which won't go well. In all fairness, of the top teams, like it's really only Arsenal. Yeah, um, I would love to see him at Arsenal, but we just don't have the money. I, I, yeah. I don't see him pulling on the red and white. But when I look at him play, I think, fuck me, he would. He, you put him into the Arsenal midfield, he improves it immeasurably. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't think there's any doubt in that. But in, as you said, like in a sense, circumstances have priced people out of Grealish. Yeah. And in a way, like it would have suited Villa if they wanted to sell him on to get relegated. That lowers just that the asking price just a little bit. But even then, like you, you could still say, like there's enough of hype around Grealish to say you could still hype, yeah, bargain with people. Yeah, it's hype. Yeah. Um, and again, again, there's a lot of conjecture whether like the hype is just it, and the stats kind of like are a bit of a false, false, net, false positive in that sense. Because I think it was was the that made a point like, okay, he's been failed the most times, but that, but the reason for that is because he doesn't release the ball enough, and that's a very valid point now, in fairness. And like I think I mentioned that I don't know whether it was on the podcast or just in general that like as soon as he goes to Arsenal, all of those fellows become dives, and yeah. uh, we, we won't get any benefit from that. Well, the thing is, is, like, there is a there is a supremely talented player there. So, mm. if we just turn around to him and go, look, you can hit the deck as many times as you like, but if you've got the cannon on the left side of your chest, <laughs> you ain't getting fuck all for a pal. So you might as well just you know stay on your feet and pass the ball. Yeah, yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Uh, so yeah, uh, up going up the up the table, then we have West Ham. We finished sixteenth. Uh, a typical West Ham season, I think it's fair to say. Skin off the teeth. 
or yes. uh, give them almost too much fucking credit. Like uh, it's it's all it's, it, I love how like West Ham function is that they have such a, a big idea of themselves. West Ham function. No, this is what I was about to say. They have such a big <laughs> idea of themselves that they will like this. This happened last season, and they yeah, really, like, it did actually. Yeah, you know, they said like, "Well, David, thank you very much for getting us out of trouble. We really appreciate your service for the club, and we will never forget you. But we are going to replace you with a manager who knows how to play football." And uh, we'll um, we'll just let you know if we need you. Then cut back to December. Hi, David. Um, glad to see that you're. Uh, <laughs> you took our call there. Look, um, a few things have happened uh, since we were speaking there. Manuel Pellegrini has signed a complete farmer uh, as a goalkeeper, and we, we we could really really help could do with somebody to just organise a defence. Like Moisey, I, I David, I I I know you you might not be, you know. Willing to keep, keep, join the, us. keep the severance package, just yes. come back and let us pay you more money. Yes, <laughs> if you can figure out who Sebastian Haller is, <laughs> we greatly appreciate it. So, that would be great. Um, so moving up the table, then, uh, thank you very much. Uh, so moving up the table, then, uh, we have uh, Brighton, who are are they the most vanilla team in the league? Uh, no, no, because they have that Maupai guy who's a cunt. Yeah, and also I quite like vanilla. Okay. <laughs> Don't insult the flavour of vanilla. I won't, I won't, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have well, associated with them. <laughs> um, in fairness, like, like, it's weird, like, Brighton are like that kind of team that are there. But even though, like, even from the highlights I've seen, like, I, I kind of look at them and go, ooh, that's good. You know, I'm kind of like, Pleasantly surprised by Brighton in a way, but they all—they always seem like such an odd, like anonymous team. It's like they—they're like the—they're, I guess they're like the 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 Charlton of like Premier League teams. I, I don't. I see. I see Brighton more as a kind of like a nice lamp. You know, <laughs> when, when you walk into somebody's room and they've got a nice lamp, you think, "Oh, that's a nice lamp," and then. <laughs> You you could spend all day or all night in that room and never think of that nice lamp again. <laughs> but when you think back on your time in that room, you think that was a nice. Lamp. Yeah, you know, that, that that lamp was actually quite nice. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I find <laughs> it so funny, but it's so but fucking true. But that, but that's that's just it. Like they're they're decorative. They're nice. They're good to have around. They come up with the odd good story. Um, but that's that's just about it. They're they're not. They, they're, like uh, one the, they're like one of the lads in the elk, in the country pub you go down once a year to. You know, ah, fucking furlong is down there. Ah, yeah, <laughs> you doing well? I'm doing great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you one know. of the old lads who sits in the corner and only occasionally pisses himself. <laughs> <laughs> I also, <laughs> I also just want a Photoshop of Graham Potter just replaced by a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> or just like Shane Duffy's head replaced with a lamp just all of them are lamps and he's like oh they're all nice yeah well no to be fair Dan Byrne is the fucking height of a lamp so you know you can make that work um, I yeah. like just how they, they treat their women's team so I yeah. always give them props for like they announced their new kit with um, a joint announcement with the men and the women's team and stuff so like you know props to them for that I think they're yeah, a nice exactly. club. That's, that's the, nice, I part. Like that's the yeah. nice part of the lampness. You're like thinking, oh, that's a nice lamp. That's yeah. the lamps nice don't part. discriminate. Yeah. Lamps <laughs> don't discriminate, lads. Um, 
So then, moving on then to the team that um, tumbled, tumbled their ways towards freedom uh, was, was Crystal Palace. They knew they were safe before the lockdown, and they decided to not fucking bother. Yeah. Yeah, um, like, literally, like, they f- quite literally phoned in the yes. last half. As I was saying, they lost eight straight on the trot mm. before the very last game of the season, which they drew. Mm. I mean, fucking hell. Like, I honestly genuinely think that if they actually showed up onto the pitch with flip-flops on and had to yeah. be told off for it, I would not have been surprised. Oh, uh, like, with with um, like I would like to say like oh they gave a lot of youngsters like a lot of like you know game time. <laughs> they didn't. It was all like the normal first team, and they just were like fuck this. And like mm. I actually think they should have given the youngsters a go. Like when they lost maybe two or three in a row, they're like, right, this gonna look bad on the optics. Let's throw in a couple of youngsters in, get them game time, get them a couple of <laughs> Premier League minutes. Exactly. And then exactly. they realize, oh shit, we have no youngsters. Yeah, well, no, they, they've, well, they've a few, but like, at, at what point do you realize that your first teamers aren't there mm. in the head after the fifth loss, after the sixth <laughs> loss, after the seventh loss? Like, at what point do you go, lads? Come on, what the? F- you don't want to end on fucking seven straight losses, do you? Oh, no, lads, you still want to end on eight straight losses. <laughs> Can I hear you? Roy Hodgson doing like shots, 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 shots. I tell you one thing now: if they drug tested that team, that have been a fucking. They got the phone. They got the phone book. <laughs> Roy Hodgson has left Crystal Palace today after his urine sample tested positive for MDMA, ketamine, cocaine, cannabis, benzodiazepines, codeine, morphine, heroin, and toe, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Crystal Palace were indeed there. Uh, Newcastle United um, finished thirteenth, which is uh, more or less where they were last season. Except this, like, by all accounts, they could have been relegated this season. But Brucey somehow, well, did they make it work because the rest of the team got the rest of the league got worse, or did they just kind of like? I, I think they had enough this season to be like uh, to to justify being in the league. You know. Um. No, well, not really. Decide, it's, obviously. it's just been like a standard Newcastle season under Mike Ashley, which mm. is to say fucking completely rotten. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no real other description of seasons yeah. underneath that man. Like, mm. um, And more to come, it seems. Somewhat, yeah. because in all fairness, funnily enough, I don't see how they're not going to get fucking picked clean. It's only for the fact that they've got the bones of a very good team there. Isaac Hayden seems to be having a fucking field day in that midfield. He's yeah. the only thing keeping it together. You've got the Longstaff brothers um, there as well. I mean, mm. that's such a wonderful... It's not, not only the good players, but it's a nice, lovely, heartwarming uh, story. It's a Roy, Roy the Rover story. It really fucking is, you know? Yeah. And it always reminds me of those... Were they pineapple-flavoured bars? The Roy the Rover's bars? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, they were, yes, yeah. they were pineapple. Yes, always reminds me of them, or some loose chemical approximation of pineapple. Oh, pineapple. <laughs> yeah. Food flavoring Eve one four seven made from yeah, cocktails. that's it. Um, solid goalkeeper in Dubrovka. 
really, really fucking good. Kept him in a lot of games. Yeah, he had the like one of the highest shot stopping ratios um, yeah. in the league. And I think something like there's like a crazy stat where it's like only him and Leno. He was the only keeper to beat Leno. Um, yeah. And we all know how many shots we ship in a match. So yeah. one of my rejected stat attacks was that he made the most saves in the Premier League this season. Yeah, and seventy-four. I would have got that one. Yeah. That's not seriously. That's good, but um, like, uh, I mentioned Saint Maximin. That's great. I'm like, how they're not gonna? I'm like, how they're not gonna lose half these players is beyond yeah. me. Like, I think they'll get another year out of Saint Maximin, and then I think people will start knocking. I think they just because he's he's quite injury prone, or he's had he's had injuries over the season. So I think they want to see how like resilient he is. And I think the same applies for Almiron. I think like the two of them could be like a package deal because they look like they have quite a good partnership going. But it's something that needs kind of needs to flourish over time. And if they had a striker to kind of complete the set, you know, like a pacey forward that like can get his head, that can run onto balls with those two, then they're really onto a winner there. Yeah, that's I was about to say there, like all these good things are balanced out with the typical Newcastle rottenness. And yeah. one of those symptoms is Joe Linton. Wow. <laughs> mm. Like fucking holy shit like that's a terrible terrible fucking signing it is um, it is Shar Shar hasn't lived up to last season not done it at all I mean like, he was great last season yeah hasn't done it um but with the takeover fucking gone who knows what the fuck I'm gonna get another fucking transfer window under Mike Ashley not happening does anybody no. want that no <laughs> Don't even Mike actually doesn't even want it. That's the thing. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's like he wants. Like I, do you know that guy in The Simpsons who's like giving away all the secrets, and it's like he's too hot to be stressed about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. That, that's Mike Ashley in my head. It's just like, oh, I'm too fat to worry about this. Uh, <laughs> in your in your head, is he wearing a wolf's jersey and he's black and he's being oiled up? <laughs> Again, she blushes. It's funny how that works. <laughs> also, she's not taking off her glasses, so we can still see that she's still got it on full screen. <laughs> <laughs> but we also notice that they're also steaming up at the same time. <laughs> and James suddenly isn't in the room. He's been beckoned out or something. It's yeah, that large click, it, that, that, that click that you're using at the edit point was her locking the door. <laughs> He's there just scratching like a fucking dog. <laughs> well, well, well. Um, so, uh, moving on then to 12th place uh, team in the league, which is Everton. Um, Everton. <laughs> fucking Why is Everton? Do you know what? Like, all right. Uh, I have hot take. I'm gonna. I was gonna ask for everyone's hot takes at the end of the podcast, but I think this is a good place for them. Uh, as part of the league table, right? So my hot take for next season is that Everton's going to be fighting relegation. Ooh. Now, uh, you know, I'm sure that, I'm sure any, I don't believe Ancelotti will stay next season. That's okay. going to be something. I'm like, they only just signed him on. I'm like, what do you think the fucking payout on him getting rid of him after one season is going to be? Maybe I'm sure that's the case, but I think you notice that Everton's have as has a horrendous history of financial irresponsibility, and another manager either getting sacked, resigning, or just like moving on to a better job is very very likely, especially for someone like Ancelotti. Now let's face it: like if if a big if a big offer, if a big club goes like available in Europe, 
would Ancelotti really stay at Everton? I don't know. He could have his eye on Everton women because they're doing the great jobs in the, the transfer. Yeah, they're like a shit hot striker. Yeah, they've had Govan. Like, what the fuck? Govan. Oh, uh, like. she, she's been brought in to replace Chloe Kelly, who's gone to Man City to ruin her career. Fucking but, um, upgrade. Holy shit, like. Yeah. No, it's like no, no respect, no disrespect to Kelly, but fuck me, like that's like you're replacing like your striker with fucking the female Benzema practically, like, yeah, strike, like goal scoring wise, like that's surreal. Um, yeah, like th- again, I don't want Everton to get relegated because then they'll just cut the women's team for the crack. Yeah, um, yeah I get that. So, but the WSL, no, the WSL are fucking pimping it now next season. Mm. Like they're gonna have like li- quite literally almost all of the world's best players. I mean, like, we're just looking for people to start pillaging the American teams. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. and rumour has it that that'll start in the next few days. Yes. Hmm. If you can get them out of the country, and even... Uh, yeah, but no. that, that is actually one of the reasons. <laughs> but but my, my logic here is that, like, with Everton, the issue they have is not that the... Like, the, the, obviously, the recruitment is a problem, and obviously it's that. But the issue is that they don't actually realise their own issues with the squad. So like they, they don't, they seem to be in a bit of denial over uh, Pickford being a bad goalkeeper. And the, and the, the same, the same fact is that they don't have a goalkeeper good enough to challenge him. They had Stecklenburg on the books. He's gone. And they had uh, Lossel on loan, which he'd come back in. So maybe they might get some competition then, but ultimately they put all their eggs in Pickford's basket. And like, quite frankly, he like he, he drops them. Now, it, not even that though. You see, his stat, the weird thing is his stats kind of back him up a bit more. Like, there are goalkeepers worse in the league statistically than him, but they're all kind of out of context in a way. Like, of course, Tim Krul is going to look like a bad goalkeeper when he's in a relegated Norwich team. Likewise, somehow Ben Foster has less clean sheets but because he's in the Watford team. Ben Foster is empirically a better goalkeeper than Pickford. I think we can all agree on that. But it's, it, it's the issue that, like, it's, it's a conference of things where, like, you, you have good players in good positions and then nothing midfield. And then, like, two... Oh, yeah, the midfield, the midfield is non-existent. Like, and, I, thought, and, I thought our midfield was bad. Fuck. And it's getting more non-existent. Yeah. Like, they, they've signed... How much money did they spend on Alex Awobi? How much money did they spend on Gilles Sigurdsson? You know, like, it, it's monstrous money. And the problem is that, like, that ish, those issues are not getting better. They're getting worse. No, you know? they, only, they need a totally new midfield. They need they need cover for both their full backs. Yeah. Uh, they need a new goalkeeper. New goalkeeper, uh, yeah. They need people up front. Mm-hmm. They need people out wide. Uh, <laughs> They're a mid-table okay. Premier League team. Who would you keep? Who would you would, keep in this team? If, if, if I was the Everton manager. Calvert-Lewin, yeah. probably. Digny. Yeah, Calvert-Lewin, Digny. Yeah, Richarlison, he's actually started to come good. Yeah, the two of them together are very, very good. Yeah, they, they, they're quite good. Yes. Uh, probably, well, Coleman's going to get to the end of his wick now a bit. I'd probably I, would keep, keep, I would keep him around, but I'm not sure if that's just because like I'm Irish. I'd probably keep Mina. But again, he's, he can be a bit of a... He's very hot. Uh, no, I don't fancy Hogan at all. Not a fan of him. Uh, maybe because he accused Firmino of being a racist, but no, he, I'm not a fan of him. Um <laughs> There's but, so much, but like when you look through that Everton team list, oh. like it's it's dead fucking wood all the it way is. down. It really, really Holy is. fucking yeah. shit! Like, I'm mean, like, just think about it, right. You so see, you've got Bernard, Delph, Delph still there, Delph. But he fucked his ACL, so he, yeah, you didn't see him this season anyway. You've got Iwobi, 
Walcott, uh, Sigurdsson. Oh, sad, oh, sad story. You know, and then <laughs> that's just all the players that they signed recently. Then you've got all the all the fuckers that they signed in 2017 and 2018. They're fucking... And they're out on loan. Like, Balassi is still, out, he's still on the books, but he's out on loan. Umar Niasse on loan. Like, and they do yeah. just like, trade off their dreck. When I... I, I was listening to um, an Arsenal podcast that was quite down in the dumps today and it was quite negative and it was going about the Arsenal kind of the system that's going on and the whole all the changes that I'm sure we're going to talk about later Yeah, um, that are going on in the club. And I kind of just felt, I was like, are there any other clubs that are so distraught at how their club is run? Are there any like fans that are... And uh, like the only one I could think of that would be as distraught as probably us is Everton because they yeah. have a history of being a half decent team. Like I know they're kind of the second team in Liverpool uh, mm. in terms of stats, but like they're they were always there, kind of there or thereabouts. And then you just see their team pissing away money on shit and yeah. not doing anything about it. And like probably they would have had that little bit of hope that like oh we've got shit Carlos Ancelotti and we've spent all this money on these class players and. Oh, it's a Wobie. He's as inconsistent as like he's actually been very consistent as being shit this season. Yeah. So this is it. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the only thing we could think of that would probably be as frustrated as a fan base would be Everton. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that because there is a case of us like they, they are kind of like running to stand still. And like there is just like they are just constantly pumping money into the club, into the into the team. And they're not getting the benefits from it, and it is because like they, they are dangerously close to to breaking FFP rules, but they're they're kind of on the cusp. Like so, they they might have to sell up players to to kind of like justify signing some more. Like they're trying to sign like James Rodriguez and all these players. Like they're not going to, not going to happen. Yeah, but who's going to buy any of their fucking That's, players? This is the problem they have because now they have to release the players and they won't get any benefit out of it. They won't get a, a transfer fee or severance, whatever it is. So they're just happy. They're just gonna take the hit, like because, like again, Everton is kind of like a team where you just go to die. Like it's like a nursing home, practically. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is. It's like terms. an assisted living home out in the fucking desert. Yeah, it's exa- not. exactly. <laughs> and that's the sad part because that's kind of where you can you can see the likes of like even the likes of Pickford are kind of getting to that point. And he's like twenty seven. Like he's. I think that's more of a case. Of, I think that's not really a case of him going there to die. I think it's a case of the rot setting in. You know. Yeah, like I don't know what's going on there, but it, like the the team is not like satisfactory, and and the fact that Carlo Ancelotti is there, I feel like personally he's there waiting for a better job to come around. Like 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 trust me, if there's a calamity at one of the big teams next season, you can bet your bottom dollar he will be the first person, one of the first people they'll call. Because he got dicked over in the Napoli job, uh, like it wasn't based on performances, based because the the chairman didn't like him, and uh, and we all know how like schizophrenic those type of chairman can be. Yeah. So there's nothing like there's no shade on the manager, you know. So I, like totally, if the job offer comes in, is, is he going to stay at Everton and finish mid table again? I don't think so. He, maybe that's honest. maybe maybe that's the reason why Everton plumped out for him because they knew maybe. that like at one point, you know, one of the higher up clubs were going to fucking need a and he's like oh well he's already in the Premier League we'll just pay Everton off and we can have their manager maybe yeah. that's it maybe they can't sell any of their players but they can sell so the, the only person they can sell is their fucking the manager, manager. <laughs> you gotta admire the hustle 
you know, make money wherever you can. Like, fuck it. Like, it's like, all about that paper, man. It's all about that paper. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people are opening OnlyFans to make your way through the fucking thing. No, we're selling our managers. That's that's big. That's that's big level fucking spending. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anybody want these chairs? Big bag of sand. Yeah. <laughs> Magic beans, more like. Uh, moving Crystal on then. beans. <laughs> to the top of the uh, bottom half of the table. Southampton. Finished 11th, lads. Uh, gentle reminder that they uh, had a match where they lost 9-0 to Leicester. And they finished 11th after that. You'd love to see it. You'd love to see it. I'm, I'm so happy. Um, I, I actually thought they'd get relegated, to be fair. And for them mm. to finish that high up is, is good going. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. We were talking about them getting re- relegated in November. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was looking and like then, it. But yeah, no, the uh, Schlang is there for the long run. So happy out for him, and I'm happier for the team to do well if that's the case. Yeah. They, they seem to have settled on a decent team, in fairness. Like, they've actually organized the defense quite Ooh. well. I think they do. I, not defense. Now. The defense, uh, I believe there's lots of words I would use for that defense and goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Organized is not one of them. <laughs> organized comparatively. You see, like it's there, there, there's a good way of getting back Compared from a nine nil loss. Compared a nine nil loss. I mean, gone doesn't. I've read somewhere doesn't. He's yeah, doesn't he have like the worst goalkeeping stats in the league? Statistically speaking, yeah, because he was in goal for the nine nil loss. Yeah. Oh um, wow. McCarthy is like margin, like has obviously like conceded more because he's played more. But Vestigard's like, been garbage. I'm not listening. Yeah, to he is. Else. He's been terrible. He is. He has been bad. Terrible. And Bertrand as well. Yeah, he's Bertrand. gone totally off the boil. Yeah, but even still, I, the reason I said they were better defensively was because they 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 are superb counter pressing, um, but they they do defend from the from attack, which I think is what they're quite good at. And um, like you can see it with like that. Well, like Danny Ings is kind of like doing two jobs sort of at, at the one. Like he does hound the last person on the ball, and then suddenly he tries to. He, he's, he's a poacher as well, so he's done superbly for them. But he also has decent backup in the likes of a Shane Long or a, a Che Adams, even or a Jenipo, like doing Isn't a decent. Ward Prowse not his backup. Well, Ward Prowse is kind of the deep playing kind of like individual. Like I, I kind of see him like he's more of like a number six, number number eight player, and then like he'll like chip in with goals as well. Actually, that's the player I was thinking of, Armstrong. Stuart Armstrong, great presser of the ball. Uh, again, a very kind of unsung hero in that team. But like they do it they do defend from 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 attack, which I which I admire, obviously as a Liverpool fan. It's like watching like a, a diet Liverpool team. But as I said, like there is room for improvement there. And they will probably sign defenders to fix that. But uh and they signing they that guy from Valladolid. Uh Salizu, yeah. 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 That's that's done. He's uh, he's in the club already. Yeah, because they're they're selling a uh, Heilberg to uh, the Spurs. Spurs, and they're getting Kyle Water Peters as part of it. Yeah, so that's their right back sorted for a while. They have their, him and Valerie, so you know, sorted. Two two solidly average right backs. Well, Valerie isn't is Valerie's not a good right back though. He's a, he's he's like those he's like a wing back, but that hasn't been learnt, taught how to defend. So if you wanted to run him, you'd have to run more defenders. Cedric Suarez from. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So he was back up to this shit. No, wait, he he wasn't back up. He was constantly on loan. They like the loan him to Inter and a few other places. 
because yeah. he wanted to be in a bigger club. Yes, but he, he didn't, didn't want to sell want him. To he didn't want to play for them. <laughs> right, okay. Shocked to hear that, I know. Uh, oh, then we get, get to the top half of the table, lads. Burnley were 10th. Like, okay, good for them. Yep, good for Come them. Uh, ninth place then was the overlapping centre-backs. Uh, I'm not going to lie, lads, I'm a bit disappointed they're ninth. I thought they could have done it. I, I really, beyond hope, I, I was dreaming for overlapping centre-backs in Europe. Just, yeah. the, just the sight of John Egan taking on a team in Kazakhstan would just would have been so... <laughs> uh, it would have been like the Euros all over again, you know? It would just have been great. But uh, I don't know. M- m- maybe next year. We'll see. Um, to be fair, can we all agree that we're all just like really delighted for a Sheffield United team? Because like they're... I just really like them. I, I, they're a really likable team. No, no, they're fantastic. I mean, in all fairness now, Sheffield were... Dude, I haven't read my prediction, so I may be uh, undermined we're by this. all very wrong in that regard, don't I worry. Can't, I can't really remember thinking that they'd go down. Did I put them down? Shit, I'll have to look I back. think we all said they'll go down at some point anyway. Um, <laughs> but it's, I mean, like it's, their, their season's been nothing but short but of unbelievable. It's been yeah. brilliant. And I love the way they play. Like, anyone on the team can score a goal. Like, it's not set in stone that strikers have to do it. Like, you literally, if you can make a run and someone will cover you, go for it. Like, I love the culture of it. I love the, the fact that, like, Wilder goes, I don't give a fuck. Anyone can score here. Yeah. Okay, David McGoldrick racking, if David McGoldrick's racking up goals in your team, you're doing something fucking right. Yeah. And I have to say, props to him. Props to him because he is, like, one of the most, like, he's like, Dirk Height was a similar player for us back <laughs> in the day. And I know this will sound weird, but Dirk Height put in so much work then the stats were justified. Like, like the like the man would make a run and open space for someone else. Like such a selfless team player, and I love the fact that like Bogolic is the exact same type. But Bogolic does it slightly better because he holds up to play as well. Yeah, like I, he's actually getting player of the year for the Irish team uh, for 2019, and I think that's mm. fully deserved because he actually did score goals for Ireland in comparison to what he done in Sheffield. But yeah. his work rate is just phenomenal. Like I. Um, like I would like look to him to show off as like you know like, you know if I was a trainer or a coach of kids I'd be like look at his work ethic he's you know he's meant to be a number nine or whatever but look at he's dropping back and he's doing all of this work off the ball like some of his touches like he was nutmegging the Arsenal team mm. uh, when we played them in the FA Cup and I was going oh where is this guy coming from like this <laughs> And like the only thing he was missing was that kind of final goal product. Like, and I think yeah. he had like goals ruled off by VAR and stuff like that. Yeah, like, a lot of them. Yeah, the tiniest bits of offside. Um, that probably next season the rule will be scrapped and it'll be a bit different, and they would have stood. But uh, yeah, no, he's uh, he, I really like Sheffield, and he's one of my favorite players in Sheffield. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like yeah, he, he's he, definitely he, one of the most intelligent players around. Oh yeah, like the the reason why he scores, I think like Burkbop hinted on it there quite well, is that he scores more for Ireland than for Sheffield because he doesn't need to do as much link-up play for Ireland. Yes. very much. He's very much our spear tip. Mm. So you're, you're not looking for your spear tip to drop back to the fucking centre circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ball, you know? But in any case, no, but he does a really, really good... Um, mm. Did he win player of the season for them? Yeah, have done- yeah. Like for no for Sheffield, I think Lundstrom or Dean Henderson got it. 
All right, Henderson. I'm not too sure. I don't know if they've given the awards yet because I know some clubs haven't done that yet. Basham would have got it. But I, but I, you know, it could have actually been Basham. Could have actually been Basham. Yeah. <laughs> the defender stroke marauding centre forward. The stroke onomatopoeic fucking player. Like, <laughs> what do you do? What, what, what do you do for a living, Chris? Basham. Basham. Thanks. Get the ball and I run, and then I stop other guys with the ball. Um. Thanks, Chris. But, uh, I- Basham has got it. Did he get it? Yeah, fucking. I did think he would get it. Nineteen for um for the, for Sheffield, and uh, and in twenty twenty Basham. 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 But one thing I will say is that they need squad depth. Yeah. If anything, the the restart. I, I understand. Like the games aren't going to come with the same frequency. Mm. Um. Here's where I'm kind of happy that they didn't make Europe because the restart showed how little they've got underneath the surface of that squad. Mm. The constant flow of games, and you could see that the squad was fucked. Yeah, you can kind of see that, all right. They've so little. And I thought, fuck, if they get into Europe, they're screwed. They're going to go out in the group stages, and it's going to be terrible for them because they don't deserve that. Yeah. I think give them two, three seasons in the Premier League, then get them into Europe. Yeah, true. But... um, Fuck me. Um, if I could describe them with any term, it would be a solid base. Yep, that, that's, that's very well put. Very well put. Uh, moving on then to eighth place Arsenal. Uh, <laughs> a, a, a season of ups and downs, I think, if I wanted to be diplomatic about it. Um, started, off with, started off with a bad evening and uh, ended off with a good evening. I suppose it's the best way of putting it. Uh, so you guys are the experts. Um, how would you rate your season? In the league, terrible. Mm. In the league, absolutely fucking terrible. And even I'm like, there's there's no like statistically, it is. It's our lowest finish in 25 years. Said that in the mm. last one. Um, but like, just when when you consider everything that's been done, everything that's happened, in particular, just the fucking Arteta. Um, this is why, like the 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 fucking malaise, the the doom hasn't set in really, is because Arteta is shown that holy shit, this is a guy that's really really got something. Mm. So like he's only been in charge of the team for six months, right? So in yeah. then he's had to freeze out our highest paid player and one of our most promising youngsters, Erzul and Guendouzi. He's had to battle a global pandemic that he caught. <laughs> he, he started. <laughs> <laughs> um, like a team where the disconnect between the fans and the team on the pitch has never been greater. Mm. You'd have and the, and the people aboard above the team. Let's be fair. And the people about the distance there's that's set in stone almost. You know they're they're almost ritually distant. <laughs> but it was because because there's a fans and the team were almost a cohesive unit that we didn't really give a fuck. There was always a united front, whereas that united front was gone. The team captain was throwing the armband down, yeah. giving the middle finger to the fucking team. Like the team was fractured, it was bent. Everybody hated each other. Um, it it, it was like a, a girls' school, almost a really bitchy <laughs> girls' school. And yeah. and in six months, he's in, he's whipped everything up, and we've won the FA Cup. Like the fuck. And in that period, we've beaten Manchester United, we've beaten Manchester City, we've beaten Liverpool. Mm. And we've beaten fucking Chelsea. I mean, 
It's the first time we've beaten the top, the other top yeah, four in two thousand and one, two thousand and two. Um, like so you look at some of those stats, and like if you were to like cherry pick all the good things, you'd like make a good yeah. deep list of unreal things Arsenal's done this season. And then you look at the other things, and it's like this bigger, longer list of shit. And yeah. um, it's, it's very hard. Like when you uh, in the last few days, as we are probably going to discuss again, it the the kind of running of the club is behind the scenes is quite. Um, worrying as a fan um, yeah. that club is going through a restructure which we knew was going to happen with Wenger leaving um, but just in the manner that it's being done is quite against the club's usual kind of etiquette um, yes. yeah. uh, so th- there's that kind of like it's very hard to be positive when you, you have this kind of most recent news coming out of the club being shit um, uh despite the fact we won the FA Cup last week, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of when we were um and yeah, no winning the FA Cup was fucking unbelievable and it was great and it was like such a it's one of the first FA Cups I've been able to <laughs> that we've won in the last few years that I've actually been able to watch live. Um uh it's it a, it's, it's a nerve wracking experience, isn't it? Yeah, I worked out for the entire 45 minutes because my heart rate was so high anyway. I was like, I may as well be doing something. Um, I, <laughs> it was 115 BPM. And Fucking hell, woman. So I may as, well, may as well do something. So I worked out for the entire 45 minutes um, just to just keep myself not from dying. Um, <laughs> yeah, keep yourself from dying. Fair. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it was fun and it was really, really enjoyable because we actually, like, it was really funny because Kovacic got sent off and that was hilarious because even though the challenge that he got sent off for wasn't really a red card or a second yellow offence, there were so many second yellow offences in the build-up to that that yeah. he got with that. That's, just, that's the thing, this is what I think, I don't know if we're going to have a specialist FA Cup section, but like, you know, people turn around to me and go like, oh, the second fell, the second yellow wasn't a second yellow. I was like, I think it was an accumulation of them because he basically he'd spent the entire match chopping people down. Mm. And at some point, the ref had turned around to him and gone, mate, like, you know, one more and I'm going to, I'm going to book you. And then when he did it again, I mean, like, granted, Jack made a meal of it, but like, you can't be lunging in like that. Like, he lunged in. Like, he missed. Yeah. He missed the player, but he fucking he lunged it. It wasn't for a lack of trying that he missed the player. Mm. <laughs> you know. Um. So yeah. So I mean, like, if you want to focus on the positives, we've got an unbelievable crop of youngsters coming through. Um. All signed to long-term contracts now. Um. Bar Maitland Niles. Who could Barmy, be he'll be off. He'll be gone. Bar Maitland-Niles, who depends on what's going to happen with him. He's he's two years left in this deal, so we'll see. Um, we've got an unbelievable standing keeper in Martinez. So this for the for the past year or two has been one of the very few time periods where I've not been worried about Arsenal goalkeeping wise, which is very mm. very weird for me. Um, even I, better, we've got a shit hot goalkeeping jersey coming up next season always helps always helps um it's like the women's team we're copying the women's team having no two number one keepers to compete for the jersey each match 
pretty mm. fucking much. I mean, like, if Martinez has shown that he, I mean, like, he would stroll into the sticks in most of the other teams in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually. Do you know what? I'm actually really happy for him personally because, like, oh again, man, like, that's such a field. The FA Cup win, like, he just looked. He genuinely looked like, like he. It meant so much to him. In in a in a in a in an era where. The FA Cup is quite a cynical trophy to some people. Like, it, obviously, it helps when fucking those cunts Man City win it every year, and they go like, "Oh, that's nice. No, oh, yeah. yeah, that's good." And then just fuck it around, fuck it around. Like, "Oh, lads, let's let's make another video for our overlords in Abu Dhabi." If you're happy and you know, clap your hands, and like fucking move on with your life. Like, um, but it's like when when a team that actually genuinely cares about the FA Cup win it, and you see players who genuinely are so happy. To win a trophy, like it, it does, like it, it, it can kind of see like actually does matter to you to some people, not just like this kind of like cynical winning machine like some clubs are, you know. So I, I'm yeah. glad for him personally because like Jesus, how many loans have he had? Like six, seven? Like it's uh, absurd. Well, yeah, uh, six. He's been at the club for ten years. Yeah, like it's insane. But like obviously they wanted to keep him. They knew how good he could be. Like it's, it's yeah. So funny. no, it's great. I mean, it's going to be a genuine duel between him and Leno. Mm. Um, so that's going to be something. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's going to be great. Because my but analysis we... of the Arsenal season has been like, and I think like this is your season's kind of going forward, is that like, like it's going to be like literally just like high, low, high, low. Where right? like the 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 good work that Arteta is doing out in the pitch is going to be outdone by everything else around the club. Well, like, see, the thing is, I, I understand that. But the thing is, is that like, I understand like the owners and everybody and all that shit. Like, they have to realise that what goes on the pitch is fundamental to the club. Yeah. And what they also have to realise is that in Arteta, they've got a guy who's got something. They've got a guy who, if they back, will give them what they want on the pitch, which will enable them to do all the nefarious shit that they want to do in the background. Mm. You know, that's the thing. Like, at the very least, take a, take the hint from clubs like PSG and City and fucking... Um, Real and Barca like if you want to get up to some shady shit in the background you want to have a winning team on the fucking pitch so nobody's looking at you yeah no one's paying attention you've got a crap, if you've got a crap team on the pitch and you're acting like a bastard in the back room people go well I'm not going to watch the match I'm going to watch your ass that's the point <laughs> give like, at the very least like, that's the thing like it, it's really weird when I look at like criminal borderline criminal club owners who like gut the teams. I was like, you fucking idiots. That's your distraction. You know, <laughs> that's like saying, oh, I'm not going to carry the smoke bombs with me because they ruined the lining on my fucking turtleneck. <laughs> you know, like, as I robbed this bank, you know, you're going, no, that's what you need to shield yourself from the fucking yeah. cops. Like, man, come on, what the fuck? That, this is my point. And if they want to get up to a lot of shady shit, and it's, it seems like we're almost totally in bed now with Kia Jarabjian and the whole South American, for lack of a better term, cartel. Mm. Um, now, for better or for worse, that could work out. Um, I don't have too many issues with what went on with Arsenal. I just, it's the more the how it was done that bothers yeah. me. And we'll kind of get onto that. But it how we're like if they want to get up to, up to some shit they want to back Arteta because mm. in him he like if they if they put if they put some weight behind him he is going to get them to places like and if he's not going to go places with Arsenal he'll go somewhere else 
Yeah. There's no, exactly. there's loads. I mean, like, I guarantee you, like, Arsenal are going to put him in the fucking shop window. People mm-hmm. are going to look at what he does at Arsenal and going to go, fucking hell, this guy can. Look, they gave him peanuts and he gave them fucking wonders. Yeah. I think, like, Lescott, he said that, um, he was like, quote, I think it's Lescott. I could be getting it wrong, but he was quoting saying that Arteta leaving derailed Man City's season. <laughs> yeah, but you'd certainly make an argument for that, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like, they, they all credit him for creating the player now that is Sterling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean no, the, I the amount of the amount of footage I, when we for when I said the first came to Arsenal, the amount of footage I want that people pinged me on fucking Twitter and everything else of him just sitting down with Sterling, going through with Sterling, well, like one on one, going, "You need to run here. See the midfielder. He's going to pass it here. If you're here, you get the ball. If you're over there where you normally are, you don't get the ball. Mm. You're fucking tackled. Don't get tackled. You're like half the size of everybody fucking else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And that's yeah. just it. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's going to be an interesting um, season next season. Yeah. With, uh, but, like, with Saliba, um, Mari should come back quite early next season. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if Saliba and Pablo Mari, along with whoever else, it will pattern them in the back line. Um, for all I see, I, I, I don't see the back three system setting in at all. I think Arteta wants to go to a 4-3-3. Yeah. Um, if he has the personnel to do it, of course. That's my point. If he has the personnel, our, crea- our, our midfield has no creativity. There is yeah. nothing there. I mean, like, it really says something about Arsenal that our three best players are Aubameyang, Bernd Leno, and Emiliano Martinez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. So our striker and our two fucking goalkeepers. Like, yeah. the, the, our, top three key, our top three players. Our, our players of the year was Bayouka Saka in uh, third place, Leno in second place, and Aubameyang, I think, is going to be crowned player of the year. Yeah. Uh, he, he'll have to be. He'll absolutely have to Just be. Just to keep him signed, yeah. Not even that, but he, he has definitely been our best player. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, his brace in not just the FA Cup final, but he scored the first two, the only two goals in the semi-final as well. Yeah. Mm. And a second goal for the fucking his winning goal in an FA Cup. Like if you're gonna, if you want a winning goal in an FA Cup final, that's what. Yeah. You do. If you yeah. if you're not gonna rocket it in from thirty yards, no. What you do is you turn a defender quite literally inside out. <laughs> um, I think Zuma had to get surgery to put his bones back where they're meant to be, <laughs> and then just flop it over the keeper. The post-match interview where he's just like, oh, he knows I'm on my right foot, so I just use my left. Yeah, exactly. And the, the, the clip flying around of Rio Ferdinand screaming, oh, that's naughty, Aubameyang. Um, <laughs> so, yeah that's, yeah, that's just it. Like, this summer, this is literally probably one of our most important transfer windows ever. Yeah, it does seem that way. And, and I'll be honest, like, I'm not blown away by who you're getting, but you are at least, like, it looks like it's just William Coutinho, lads. Fucking hell! Like that's your that's your transfer window. Yeah. William Coutinho. Um, we've been uh, obviously we've been linked with fucking everybody, but um, there's a few here. There's um, Gabriel. I can't pronounce the second name. Margulis. Magar. Magalis. Magales. 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 Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Magales. So we've been yeah. linked heavily with him. Um. Apparently, he was saying on he was FaceTiming a lot of shit, a shitload of people, and they were asking him if he was signing for Arsenal. He just went, "Yeah." 
yeah, sure, whatever. To Arsenal, and he was like, touch my what? Oh, and then <laughs> touching his hat while replying. And it was, uh, oh, was yeah. that it? They, they asked him to touch his hat. And he was like, oh, yeah. touch your hat if you're signing for Arsenal. And he went, um, there's another guy called Diego Carlos. Yes, he's a winger, isn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, he's apparently shit hot. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's quite a few people. Again, like it depends on what the cartel can cook up for us. But you, yeah. you really need to sack off Ozil. Just find some way of just putting them down. Get rid of him, man. We cannot get rid of him. He will not sign anywhere else. He will yeah. not sign another contract. He will mm. not sign. It's not a case, It's not like with the obscene nature of Bale at Real Madrid, where they didn't even they didn't even bring him for the fucking Manchester City game, and they just like fucking Zidane was asked about it. And he just went, "Nah, I'm not." I'm, I, it, it, it's it's up to the player. He doesn't want to play. Yeah, it's like what the fuck, like, and he and he was actually spotted at a golf course. Yeah, he's still a beast today. as well. Every time they fielded him, he's been brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It's not a case. It's a case of Bale can't play. They just don't want to play him. Whereas yeah, like him. it's we want to play Urzel. He just won't. What can you do? Mm. Yeah. So we can't get rid of nobody else will play. <laughs> nobody else will fucking play. Yeah, him. yeah, exactly. It'll be it'll be interesting somewhere. It's fair to say. Uh, moving up the table again. Then uh, we have Wolves finishing in uh, seventh. Uh, out outdone by the goal difference of Spurs, and uh, unfortunately. Uh, miss out on, on an automatic Europa League spot so their only chance of being in Europe next season is to win the Europa League and yes. get the Champions League instead no pressure lads no pressure just saying um, they got the first step done yesterday they beat Olympiacos now they got Sevilla in the next round again lads no pressure like Sevilla are pretty good in the Europa League just saying like you know no no pressure lads you know you, you've got this you've got this you know um, how would you rate Wolves this season they've been kind of like um, they're fucking there. They've been, they have been good, like, and I think they've done quite well considering they've had to spend like the bulk of the year playing the Europa League. So the whole kind of position in seventh, I think, is pretty impressive. I, I think I think we kept. Uh, I, once I was reminded which one we were talking about. Um, Obviously, yeah, every I, fucking week. I um I kept thinking like it was only a case of time that their small squad would catch up to them and playing all of that volume of matches like they weren't going to be able to keep up, um so it was yeah I'm actually so surprised that they're existing and then that they're doing well in yeah. that um and that like your man Traore um is a good player but I actually prefer Jimenez as a footballer. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Jimenez, the two of them together actually it's yeah. been brilliant serious um, it's been fantastic um, also I think really like Neves as well has been fantastic as well yeah uh, the, the, yeah there's, there's a lot I like about the Wolves team and I think like depending on how the season goes like uh, with the Europa League you could see them in the Champions League or they might just like be in the league by themselves and then you might see how good they can be they could be a proper charge to the top four Pretty much. Um, I think what Wolves are really looking at is just to retain all their key players. Mm, you know, that's the difference. Yeah. If they if they can keep most of, if they can keep like 90 percent of that team together, they'd be doing really fucking well. They'd be a top yeah. four team. Oh yeah, they, I'm like they've had some fucking calamities. I'm like, who was the gimp they got from Real? 
And he signed somebody from Real on loan and he was a fucking disaster. Uh, Vallejo, probably. Yes, him. Yeah, yes. Vallejo, yeah, yeah. Jesus Vallejo. Jesus Vallejo, that's him, Jesus. yes. <laughs> and then he got like three games in the team and then Matt Doherty said, This guy is fucking shit. Yeah, just like, what? <laughs> you chatting shit, mate. Or yeah. whatever the Irish is for that, I guess. Yes. But um, yeah. that's the thing. Like, they, they need to keep their entire first team. Like, yes. They the, do. Yeah. The first team they always play, keep every one of them, mm. get some depth. Um, and Pedro Neto, keep an eye on him. He's yes. a fucking good little signing he is. Little pocket rocket. It's like a baby. Absolutely. They need, to, they need somebody to take the, heat, take the load off Jimenez. Yeah, exactly. You can't do exactly. everything. No. That's just it. Again, they're another Sheffield in that fantastic first team squad need depth. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. A, but to be fair, there's only so many Portuguese people to go around. So, you know, you have to, you have to balance <laughs> it out somehow, you know? Before they sign the entire por- population of Portugal. Yes, exactly. They'll find some good players somewhere. Um, anyway, moving on, moving up the table again ish is uh, Spurs. Again, joint on points of Wolves, but uh, superior goal difference somehow. I have no idea how. Um, <laughs> But, um, like, I, I think you probably guys would be in agreement here, but I think sixth really flattered Spurs this season. Um, I, think, I, I think based off circumstance, if Wolves weren't, like, um, in the Europa League and if Sheffield United, like, came, a bit strong, came out a bit stronger in the lockdown, Spurs would not have got this far. Uh, I'm not sure how you debate Arsenal in the conversation, but I don't think Spurs really deserves a sixth-place finish based off the season they've had. Well, and, honestly, that's as, that, that's as far as they're going to get with the team they have. They're, yeah, they're that, a sixth-place team at best. I was saying there, like, after Pochettino left. I thought he got sacked. Yes. Left. However. Semantics. Um, and they signed in Mourinho, and then everything went fucking tits up. Yeah. I was laughing. I was like, these guys might finish in the bottom half of the fucking table. <laughs> um, but then, of course, like, Mourinho's one of his few positive qualities is that he can instill a level of pragmatism into a team. Yeah. That is infuriating. I mean, they're not exciting and you won't develop. Mm. You know, at the very least, he'll keep you somewhere in the table. I mean, they lost something like 12 games. Uh, 11 games. 11 11 games games in the league. Yeah. I mean, fucking hell. So. Um, Just, I think, uh, as you all know, my... uh, my other half's father is a giant wood. And we have a bet on every year of who's going to finish top. Um, oh, like, you know, is there going to be a St. Totheringham's Day, basically? Mm. And um, this year he didn't want to put on a bet because as soon as Jose came, or as soon as Jose came into the team, he was like, I'm going to cancel the bet because even if we do finish above ye, don't want him. I hate him. He hates Jose Mourinho so much that he would actually stop supporting the club. But this is the thing, like, I think Spurs even acknowledge that. Like, he seems like, he comes across as a kind of a necessary evil. Like, this is like when Vince McMahon brought the NWO in to, like, kill the WWE off. Like, this is absurd. Like, this is, this is like if Liverpool brought in fucking Roy Keane as a manager. It's like, like, this is what you do if you want to kill your club. You know, like you, you've got, you've had this manager who's had this remarkable youth system and gives players confidence and lets them play football and puts them around a bit, and you've replaced him with a manager who does the exact opposite. He, he quite literally hates young people. Hates young people. 
like Troy Parrott, like could have played up front uh, for a certain portion of the team. Now, granted, I don't think I don't know. I haven't seen him enough to say if he's going to be good or not. But he's Irish, so we are obliged to care. But he got goal of the season. Yeah, okay, that's a start. Yeah, but that's something at least. But even then, right? You could have had him play, but no. Instead, what you chose was to have Lucas Mora who objectively cannot play centrally. He even said that himself on several occasions. He's not a central player. You forced him to play central because you couldn't get Harry Kane. And yet you have Troy Parrott there on the bench, not even on the bench, not even considered. And he is a natural striker. And not even that, he's six foot three. Yeah, like he's a target alongside, man. He is alongside their record signing, who is, couldn't just looks like he just like, he's like, he couldn't. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, End of belly. I'm like, what the fuck? Unbelievable. Like, I, I, again, I, again, I was waiting for the end to do hot takes, but here's a fuck another one. Another team that's going to be fighting relegation this season, next season, in my opinion, no. is Spurs. And I, I know, I know, you guys, you guys might think that, but I genuinely think this team is going to tank. I, I we don't think that. I, like, don't get me wrong. I would fucking love it if I thought you were right. I just don't think so. I mean, they've they've still got a squad. Uh, I, I don't think so purely because of Son. Son is the one di- difference in that, but like, okay, Son, valid point. Kane, Kane as well, like Kane, he, I hate the prick, but like, those penalties and he's going to score those goals. Exactly, yeah. You know, I mean, like, somebody, somebody reminded me there, like, I was laughing, I think I was laughing about the amount of time Kane has spent injured. Mm. And somebody reminded me, he still has 30 plus goals for a club and country. I was like, He's been injured up like forever. Yeah. <laughs> what are they just? Did they award him like goals like on a just on a bi-weekly basis? He just gets a goal put into his goal tally or he, something. He, like that. Someone could be flubbing his stats. We don't know. Yeah, like, quite but, but like the team does need strengthening, but I don't think it's a relegation destined team. It do, but, but it does need strengthening, and unfortunately, well, unfortunately for them, fortunately for us, mm. um, they've got a coach that has notoriously expensive tastes mm. and they've got a chairman who's not very good at cash. But so the, the God's thing is like, and like, also the huge stadium debt to pay off. Yeah. Which, uh, this is, this is the key thing, like, because this is a team that like actively can't spend in the summer. So like Mourinho has to kind of use the assets he has at the club, which means he must use some young players. And what is he doing? He's loaned out Troy Parrott and he's going to loan out Ryan Sessegnon. <laughs> like and he's selling off Serge Aurier yeah so like like the, the team is in downfall like I, I, I get that like maybe like I get it this is a very Arsenal take for me but I look at a team and I just go like this team cannot get any better there's nothing like I can look at Wolves and say right without Europe I could make an argument that they're top four with Arsenal they've got Mikel Arteta they can get better with Leicester I'd say if Brendan Rodgers wasn't such a fucking bottle job at the end of the season they would be in the top four and they'd be getting better next season he's going to need a bigger bottle I can't see the same for Spurs I can only see much like Everton I can only see them going get going down the, the, the team is just getting that year older. They're now like much more labelled. They're perhaps to be more pragmatic and they might just eke out results. But performance-wise, they're, God, appalling. they're, they're terrible. They're appalling. And like, they're appalling. it's only, like that, it's that, only that by fact. The squad is broken. Yeah, it, it, there's, a, there's a fundamental flaw in that team. And the problem is that you not only do you not have the means to fix it, but you also have a manager who's not willing to try to fix it. And so also, have, even, even better... RFA Cup win, which makes puts us into the Europa League straight off the bat, means they have, they have to, to do qualifiers. 
Yes. They have to be qualified. They have to play three more fucking matches in like the middle of September. Yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> but no, honestly, I, I, I can't see the Spurs team get any better. I, I don't even see them signing a player. Like I think like they will asset strip like the team in certain points and Mourinho will be expected. They? No, they've already signed. They've already signed Holberg. Well, Holberg is that, but they're also making their money back on Walker Peters. So they're yeah. only actually signed. They're only actually like spending three million pounds. Oh yeah, because they they bought Heilberg for fifteen and selling Walker Peters for twelve. For 12. Yes, and Aurier is like being like looked at looked at as well. And I think uh, well, Vertonghen's gone. Like he got no like golden goodbye. He was just gone. He's out. He's unattached. Here's the plane he, ticket. Don't let the door hit you in the way out. Yeah. When Yama's gone, like he's just like left the door as well. Like I think they're like they're probably gonna sell off the likes of Skip and some of the young players. Like like I said, like there are just gonna loan out players and expect the 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 ones that survive to fucking get you the team. I mean, good luck, lads. Let's see how how well that goes for you. And um, so uh, I, I mentioned them just a few minutes ago, but Leicester City finished the season fifth. Uh, pre-lockdown, they were third, and they're about nine points clear of Chelsea and Man United. And they'd won and nine against um, Southampton. Now I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave this here on camera here. <laughs> um, it's a it's a bottle of uh, Old Mood cider, and we're not sponsored. But I'm just gonna leave this here when I'm talking to talking about Leicester. Um, what would, how would you rate their season, lads? Hey, that that's them trying to get out of that fucking bottle. I've got a fitness bottle. On, Not sponsored, on, but okay. get in touch. So, like, so as I was saying there, like, uh, like Bert, Jamie Vardy was great, Tillemans was great, Madison was great. Uh, they just fucked it up at the end. I think that's a fair assessment. Isn't yeah, it? They, they they ended up in a spot pre the lockdown. They ended up in a spot that they were fourteen. I'm reading it now. They were fourteen points clear of fifth. Yeah. And then they dropped out of the top four. I mean, what the fuck? Like, yeah. You know, Depressing. They can say that, like, twenty this season that they did well to get as far as they did, but to say that they didn't bottle it or miss a huge opportunity, yeah. Um, to say it more charitably, it it would be a to say that they didn't do that would be a complete. I don't see them having as good a season, like at all. I think he's he's adjusting the way he plays. I think he still looks quite sprightly. Um, in in all fairness, he still has. He's that kind of. And I don't want to compare to compare him to this player. I don't think he's half as good as him. But he's sort of like Riziki, in that like Riziki was quite getting on, but still looked like he could fucking peg it around the place quite happily, as long as his fucking tendons didn't explode. Mm. You know, I think, um, I think with Vardy is that like, yeah, he's very little goalkeeping. He's very little uh, footballing years on him. Yeah, you know. But even with, Vardy, yeah. with, with with that kind of Vardy argument, is that like he like there's still, still a very like a witty kind of type to his play. So in a way, like like even if he does lose that kind of yard of pace, he'll gain it by being a bit smarter than the player he's on. He's on with. That, you know? This is this is my point as well. Like, but if I was to say any player that Leicester were based on, it wouldn't be Vardy. It'd be Pereira. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a good shout I mean, too. Yeah, um, I think I, I think somebody tweeted it at me as like Pereira somehow managed to be both a stalwart defender and their most promising attacker. <laughs> it's so, funny, like yeah, but um, um, they, they are they're a different beast when he's on the pitch. Um, but like you know, they've managed to get Madison to sign an extension, which is great for them. Yeah, because money, money, fuck money. me, like they yeah 
they need him and also money money yeah um they didn't they didn't get Chilwell to sign an extension because I think they've found some sucker who's going to pay 80 million for him <laughs> you know like Chelsea Chelsea <laughs> exactly, Sorry, what was that? yeah so that's just it so I don't think he had a good season but you know same with Maguire if, yeah you know yeah. He, he can flop but if he leaves for 80 million they're like that's that was, he had a great season, top performer. Yeah, he was fucking brilliant, man. Fucking rocking defense, fucking Easter Island statue there, man. Go for it. Yeah, exactly. So we move on to the top four then. And uh, our top four consists of uh, Chelsea and Man United, both on 66 points. And uh, I was going to talk about these two together, really, because uh, by and large, I feel like these two are kind of the same team. Uh, when you look at it, both have problematic goalkeepers. Uh, both teams have like really like impressive attacking for like for two di- very different reasons. Like Chelsea's is very formal or, or like uh, numbers oriented, if that makes sense. Like they, they attack in numbers, uh, they like run with the ball, dribblers, and Giroud cleans up or Abraham cleans up, whoever is on. Uh, Mason Mount is there um, to uh, you know bring the conservatives into the into the play, and uh, for Man United, like it's pure pace, pure raw, unadulterated, filthy pace, and. In a way, they both had the exact same issue. Is that like defense? They're both shit. They're both really, really bad. Yeah, Manu and Chelsea are not going anywhere with those defenses and that yeah. goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, considering that one has potentially the most expensive goalkeeper on the planet, or somebody who would have been at one point the most expensive goalkeeper on the planet, and the other actually does have the most expensive goalkeeper on the planet, mm-hmm. and that they're both racking up some of the worst goalkeeping stats in Europe. Yeah. Bizarre. Uh, you know, but that's... At the, the, the start of the season, like we had wildly um, differing opinions on who was going to get into the top four. Mm. And... Um, I, I'm fairly sure I said Chelsea wouldn't because of Frank Lampard kind of being so um, naive and new to the job, I suppose. Um, and in a way, they were so inconsistent. There was always a chance that they could drop out, like, you know, up until, I suppose, COVID hit. And then it kind of came cemented in that they were probably going to make it into the top four. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, no, they, they have... Like again, this is my t- train of thought when, earlier on when I was saying, like, oh, is there any other fan base that are as distraught with their club um, as us and maybe Everton? Mm. And I was like, what, what do, what do Chelsea fans think? Because, like, they, like, obviously it's a good achievement for them knowing their squad and their, you know, to get into the top four. Mm. Are they happy with that? Are they, like, um? the whole Willian leaving because he wasn't getting to, he was only getting offered two years extension. That's a bit of petulance and whatever. And like, are they happy with he's been going for, to like for free to like a London rival? Um, like all these kind of things go through my head. And I was like, do other people feel like the club is run like shit? Um, yeah. Like I, I spoke with the Chelsea fans and I, they, I, I certainly get the impression from the fan base that they don't like Willian. So in a way, like, like even though he performs exceptionally well for them, they're not too cut up about losing him because, and again, I think this goes back to the philosophy of our of Chelsea fans generally, is that like they will just they're happily assured that they will spend money to replace these people, yeah. and it is just their solution to everything. And I hate it. I fucking hate it because okay, 
I know I can't perhaps talk here because we spent 70 on Van Dijk and 40 on Fabinho, 60 on Allison. But here's the difference. We spent that money because we needed to and we built a spine for our team to win Premier League titles with. Chelsea and Man United don't necessarily have that at the moment, but I think they will in time. The difference with that is, though, like they, they're investing in kind of the, 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 the areas that I think they're the strongest. Like you look at Man United going for Sancho and thinking like, lads, look at the wingers you have already. They're good wingers. Like make use of them. Stop trying to replace the good ones you have. And with Chelsea, I'm thinking like, why are you replacing Werner? Like you've, you've given Tammy Abraham, like he's got 15 goals a season. He dried up at the end, but Jira was right there to, to pick up the slack. That's two wonderful strikers you have for the system you play. And now you want Werner to come in. Fair enough. He, he's on fire and he's a, he's a replace. He's an improvement on both of them, but you're paying, spending stupid money to get him. Likewise, Havertz, like you've just had Mason Mount break into the Chelsea team, perhaps be a stalwart for that team for years to come, playing a Lampard role. No, nope, let's just replace him with Havertz. Yeah. And uh, we just got rid of William. Fine, sign Zayek. It's like, fuck, like, host to the die. No? Is he gone? Is he still here? I don't know. I can't remember. You know, it's, that's the issues that they have, is that like, they're too quick to replace their team, their players, not letting them yeah. have a chance to breathe. And that's always been the Chelsea issue, you know? No, that's fair. Um, with, with Man United, then, it's, again, you've had this, like, the likes of Rashford, who blows hot and cold, um, and... And then, like, they were having a fairly shite season until they got Fernandez, and he has been the <laughs> signing of, like, mm. this for me, like... Um, yeah, I'd agree with that, yeah. Like, for, across the, the league, I he just has been such a revolutionary player for them because they were so inconsistent and lacking in cohesion in midfield that um, he's just brought that to them, and mm. I don't think they would have made top four without him. Um, I've actually, I, I have a separate argument for Greenwood. Uh, I think like, okay, Fernandez, fair enough, has been that. But I think having Greenwood there as a third target to choose from and for all intents and purposes, Rashford, Martial and him play the exact same way. So as yeah. a defence, when you're seeing three, of, uh, three identical forwards in a way charging at you at the same time and you do have like, fuck, okay, Fernandez can clean the ball. Oh shit, now it's going to be Pogba. What, who the yeah. fuck is Fred? And then suddenly, bam! There's your there's your your goal. Like so, like in a way, like that's that's where I think the Man United team has really flourished. Is that like they've got this uh, absurd strike force now? But it's because of Greenwood. Like Greenwood has put the whole thing together, and Fernandez is kind of the architect of everything. You know, so like uh, that. At least my my feelings of the matter is that Greenwood was the was the final piece in the puzzle. And if anything, it probably has shown that they don't need to go for another striker. They've they've got enough. Like the great, like they probably will. Someone... That's what we're saying. That they'll just throw money at it. And... Yeah, this yeah. is it. Like, um, they, and it's they a shame. Prioritize that defense. Yeah, no. absolutely. So same with Chelsea. Like, forget about the fucking strikers. That's sorted. Like, you'll get enough for them. Defense. That's why Liverpool won the league this season was because they had the best defense in yeah. reality. So, like, work on that. That's the issue you have. It's also when um, teams win the Champions League as well. They yes. generally defend a lot better. Exactly. Absolutely true. Uh, the runners-up then was uh, Manchester City. And uh, I, I really don't want to say too much about them because I don't really want to give them enough attention. I want to treat <laughs> them like they've been a redacted pro wrestler and never speak at them again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, uh, I just fucked them. 
just I I have no time for them anymore. I don't have no time for Pep Guardiola and his fucking moany little head. I've no time for any of them really. Like I, uh, like the club is dead to me, quite frankly. They can they're gonna do the usual shit. They're gonna spend two hundred million. They'll compete with us. They might win the league, and we'll be there going, yeah, that's nice. You're still a bunch of cheating bastards. Yeah. And that's the way I, um, that's the way I treat it. Yeah, um, I would agree. In the yeah. women's team. Yeah, they've a good women's team. That's, that, that is at least something. Like, at least some of the money is going to them. You know, like, granted, they, they do they, have... They have that same mentality of let's buy all the players so other teams can't have them. Yeah, this is it. Like, so, like, it, it does trickle down from somewhere. Like, it's a club philosophy to just acquire all the shiny things. Uh, like Tyler Tolland, who is a phenomenal Irish. Oh, she's so fucking good. And she's only 18. It's absurd. And 19. They bought, and, uh, yeah, like so young and she's so good. And they bought her and I think she's only played three matches for them. And um, But like literally, I think they signed her so that no one else could have her. Yeah, that's it. Like, um, there's a, we, she's ours now. <laughs> no one else can have her, yeah. Like, I really hope that she will break into the squad this year, just on a side note, because Jill Scott is um, kind of taking a back seat and going yeah. into more the management side and uh, backroom staff. Like she still, I think, will be playing, but not as you know. That's prominent. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping that like Tyler will get in there and um, yeah, it makes make yeah. that spot hers because she deserves it. But um, yeah, yeah no, just. Like Man City just has this across the board. Like, it's by mm. all the players, no one else can have them, and it just really rocks me. Yeah, like they, like there. I've been hearing stories. They want to sign five players. Like, dude, like you keep signing players and none of them work. Have you figured out that maybe you're the problem? Yeah, okay, it was bad enough when Chelsea were doing it um, years yeah. ago. Yeah. And, uh, so like. <sighs> But they, they're gonna fork out. They could fork out tons of money for Chilwell when they just signed a left back with Alexandro, and he turned out to be terrible. And they still have Benjamin Mendy on the books because, but his hamstring is made of fucking glass. Like, like these are your problems. Scout better. Stop signing injury-prone players. Stop signing precocious talents. Just sign players that'll win you fucking league titles. It's not hard. Jesus Christ, like. And then, and then you can't. You have no right then to fucking moan about it afterwards. We're going like, well, like Liverpool had less matches to work. Was like, fuck off. You spend two hundred million every single year, and you have UEFA in your fucking pocket. So you've got nothing to complain about, nothing. You have one of the best coaches in the world. You have a fan base is so fucking boring that like nobody really cares about them, and not even their own fans care about them. They don't even show up. The fucking empty arenas are empty anyway. There didn't need to be a fucking pandemic. And then suddenly, oh no, we're, we're feeling hard done by because the UEFA are mean to us because of a German newspaper, and like yeah. The only reason you didn't get banned from the Champions League was because they were too, the, band, the bands were too old. The, the actual story was too old. That was the only thing that was stopping it, was because it was time-barred. Yeah, they'd managed to delay the investigation Enough. past the point that the statute of limitations on it, because they actually pled guilty to obstructing <laughs> the investigation and then had most of the charges tossed out because yeah. they, they went past the, they were what, time-banned. Yeah, they're time barred. Yeah, you know what? what fuck the them. Fuck, like, fuck them. How, how does that? How does that? How is that even in the spirit of the law that um, somebody can be go? Somebody can obstruct an investigation past the time bar upon spot. 
and still get off with it. It's... You can't prove that they didn't do it deliberately. That's the most annoying part. Like, ah, uh, just enough of them. Enough, enough of them. Um, so, yes, as we mentioned, at nauseum, Liverpool ended up on 99 points as champions. We've spoken at length about Liverpool like winning the title. So, even as a Liverpool fan, I am not going to gloat that much about it. We've had the best defence. We've played the most well games. Jordan Henderson was a fucking superstar all season. Uh, real kind of captain's performance. In a way, they've just been like the, a solid team in a league where no one has really been solid. And oh, it's been absolute garbage, man. It's yeah. been absolute fucking garbage. But, and in a way, like, I'm glad that we've, we've taken advantage of that because there would have been seasons like uh, when Leicester won the championship. Like, they, they were the only team that were actually solid and reliable and like, kept putting out the wins. Whereas with, like, we, we'll have seasons where like, everyone's been ropey or shaky and no one's taken the initiative and won. We have this year and we've steamrolled everybody. Uh, we'll see if we can do it next season. I'd like to think we will because we're not changing anything with the team majorly, just adding squad depth. But it is just seeing how far ahead of the chasing pack we actually are, you know. Um, or you uh, time and resources into your women's team. In the I women's guess. team, yeah, I'd love that. I genuinely love that. I think we will get promoted, like from the championship. I'd like to think so because, like, like we like squad wise, we are a lot better than the championship. It's just a matter of like people caring would, about it. I would disagree there. Um, I think some of the championship teams have actually got decent investment. The likes of like London Bees. Yeah, I was about to mention them. And London City Lionesses, who are kind of a team basically fed up with the lack of support from parent clubs. Um, mm. from a couple of different like I think it's like what not not Watford. Um, a couple Brentford, of like the women. Yeah, yeah. No, they're the bees. Sorry, apologies. They're the bees. Uh, no, but it's a couple of different teams that have kind yeah. of like sick of the investment from the men's team, so they just formed their own team. Yeah, it was Charles and they've got back. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. So um, I think it'll be a fight for the Liverpool women. Um, I don't think they're guaranteed to go back up at all. We'll see. And, I'm um, hopeful. It is. It. I. I. I know myself. Obviously, I was a support of the women's side of the sport as well. Like, mm. was so upset to see that. Like, uh, Liverpool, like, I'm not a Liverpool fan by any stretch of the imagination, but just seeing how shit their team were treated by the men, yeah. like, the club, and uh, like, the fact that they were playing on a waterlogged pitch, and we've mentioned this at Nauseam as well. Mm. Almost um, FAI level. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it's just, uh, do, do more. Just do more. Just put, just fucking pay attention to them. It's not hard. Yeah. It really isn't that difficult. Like again, I don't know who's to blame for that. Like, 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 it, it does seem to be just an absence of thought with the women's team. Like, a lot of people are blaming FSG for it, which is a valid opinion because the de- decline of the women's team has coincided with them taking charge. Although, like, there are now granted our last like league win was like the year or two into their reign, but like the the, the influx of money they have not kept up with the funding like the rest of the women's team have. So you can make that argument. A lot of people are thinking it could have been the chief executive, Peter Moore, not paying attention to the club. So there is a hope that but Bill Hogan, who's coming in now as the new chief executive, might pay attention to them. There's also a lot of hope that Nike will put massive pressure on them to fund the, fund the women's team because Nike has a strong like influence on the women's game. Most of the, If you look at the most of the strong women's team in the WSL, they're all Nike um, garbed up. So I, I think there's, a, there's going to be a definite push internally 
from push internally from external sources to push the women's team. So I think Liverpool will be forced yeah. to care one way or the other. And with Tranmere, they fixed that issue now by resurfacing Tranmere. So the, the actual issues they've had now is fixed because that's like they, they've attributed that the, the pitch to Tranmere getting relegated as well. So like it's it, in a way like I'm hoping that those two approaches will actually fix things. Um, yeah. And I don't think they were really going to like spend crazy in the championship anyway. Like they weren't going to drag people. They, they've signed up one or two players from the likes of Everton and a few like Swedish teams. So they've got, they've got, uh, like uh, decent little players, but they're like they'd be championship standards. And then if they get back to WSL, then they can make an argument to start spending crazy money. But again, it depends on if they have to secure promotion first. That's the that's the first and only objective this season. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, so yeah, that is our our our, premier, our league rundown, table rundown, even. And uh, next season we welcome uh, Marcelo Bielsa's Leeds. West Bromwich Albion and Scott Parker's Fulham into the league next season, which will be very, that's very Fulham exciting. Again, that's mad. Sorry, Fulham. No, no, it's not Fulham, yeah. Neil. It's Scott Parker's oh, Fulham. Scott Parker's Fulham. Oh, we're doing that thing now. With the oh, we are doing that thing. Yes. No, the rule does up- upheld. So, uh, yeah, it does. So, uh, with that then, we are going to uh, jump into our regular fixtures, lads. It's time to settle VAR Wars once and for all. We had three incidents from the last match day that we'll get to now. Uh, the first only point given was to Arsenal. And uh, that was the uh, penalty that was given after uh, Joe Willock was uh, clobbered by Craig Dawson in the box. Mike Dean didn't really want to give it, but he didn't really have a say in the matter. I so, do love the shot of his face. I do. Yeah, I did. the shot of his face is just yeah. perfect. It just like the, the, the caption should have been, I got to do it to him or something like that. Just like, <laughs> you know, it was that type of deal. Uh, two points taken away then was uh, to Norwich. Uh, their uh, opening goal against City was ruled out by VAR. Onel Hernandez scored a whopper, but he was offside before he scored. So that was ruled out. And the other one was Burnley. Um, their goal uh, for James, for Jay Rodriguez's goal was offside. So uh, that wasn't given. Um, which did actually have a, a factor on the league table because uh, top of the table is Newcastle and Manchester both on three points. Uh, you know, Yes, you know, you, you know, yeah, Man United, uh, three points. Uh, Burnley finish on two, uh, Chelsea, Everton, and City on zero, so everything cancelled out for them. A gaggle of teams on minus one Arsenal, Villa, Palace, Southampton, Watford, uh, a gaggle on minus two, Brighton, Leicester, Spurs, West Ham, Wolves on minus three, and then four teams down the bottom on minus four, which is Bournemouth, Liverpool, Norwich, and Sheffield United. So oh. We have, I think we're going to, I was going to make judgment calls here. And based off like stats wise, I'm willing to say that Man United has won VAR Wars and Sheffield United has lost VAR Wars. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah? With yeah like, I'm all right with that, yeah. Mm, yeah, I think it's fair shout. Um, that like, goal really went over the line real yeah. quick, didn't <laughs> <laughs> I think we can just describe that as a general failing with VAR. Just like, they forgot to switch it on. Just admit it, lads. Stop lying to yourselves. <laughs> Man, they're still going to pursue like legal action over that, aren't they? Bournemouth, yeah. They're looking for compensation. They can actually, there's, precedent, there's precedent for that because like, 
didn't who got 20 million quid off West Ham after they signed Tevez Sheffield Mark United did Sheffield did yeah yes they did so there is Back actually the legal precedent for that yeah and it looks likely that Bournemouth would get compensation for it but they have to decide what that is so they have to calculate how much money they'd have lost which could be a fucking awful lot of money for Bournemouth could keep, could keep again, them alive again the precedent is 20 million fucking quid yeah indeed I think it was Carlos Tevez that pretty much single handedly kept um, yeah exactly uh, so yes that is the end of our wars we are saying we are declaring that Man United are winners and Sheffield United are the losers so uh, we'll try again next year and see how it goes uh, moving on then to mm. another season uh, series we're finishing up today is the P45 crew So, again, we've had, this, we've had the same problem. Uh, we have multiple winners, but two uh, sackings to tell you about before at the end of the season. First of one was the one we all know about, which is Eddie Howe. He left uh, AFC Bournemouth after they got relegated. Now, they did beat Everton in the last game of the season, but Everton still get the kill. So, they get the first point of the season. Uh, the second one to tell you about is about Paul Cook who is the uh, Wigan Athletic Manager. So he resigned after uh, Wigan got uh, relegated, obviously because their owners are a bunch of bastards. Uh, but funny enough, their uh, last uh, game was a one-all draw against Scott Parker's Fulham. And would you believe hey. that's, that is Scott Parker's Fulham's second kill of the season? Oh. So, so we actually have six candidates for the P45 crew. We've got Bristol City. Their kills include uh, Reading, and uh, Neil Warnock at Cardiff. Uh, we have Southampton, who's include uh, Unai Emery at Arsenal, although technically that was Eintracht Frankfurt that got the kill, but details. Uh, and Watford, they sacked, uh, they forced a second of Kike F- uh, Sanchez Flores, Mr. Sexy Cardigan Man. Um, Tranmere Rovers are there as well. They uh, forced the sacking of the Bolton manager and MK Don's manager. Uh, Salford City have two as well, uh, Cambridge and Stevenage with their kills. Uh, Swansea City um, sacked uh, Jonathan Woodgate and uh, Pep Clotet from Birmingham uh, within the space of two weeks, actually. So well done to them. And then recently now were Fulham, who uh, got the Huddersfield manager, Jan Seaworth, or Tony from Wakefield, as he likes to be called, uh, and uh, the Wigan boss, Paul Cook, right at the end of the season. So one at the start of the season and one at the end for Fulham. So um, I don't know which case you find the most compelling. I'm willing to give it to Swansea. Uh, I was going to say Hampton because they got rid of Emery for us and therefore grateful. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, I, would, I would be more tempted. Which of the teams actually got the, the – there's a sacking and then there's a manager resigning. Ah, so, well, that would, well it, that would probably knock out, uh, that would probably knock out uh, Fulham because the sack, see what was the sacking, but Paul Cook was a resignation. See, that, would, uh, that for me, that would be my goal difference or my goals for and goals against kind of thing. I like yeah. that. I like that. Um, okay, in that case then, you'd probably knock out uh, Tranmere as well uh, because I think both of theirs was the resignation. Bristol's was sackings, um, so they're still in it. So Hampton are sackings and uh, tr- I think, did I say? Oh, yeah, Swansea were uh, sackings as well. 
So uh, you, you're down to three then. You've got Bristol, Southampton or Swansea. I'm going Southampton anyway. Neil, would you go with Southampton? Southampton, yeah. Anything I'm to voted, yeah. Anything to get rid of Emery is a good thing. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, I, I'll, I'll go with that then. I'm voted two to one. This year's P45 crew is Southampton. <laughs> and I love it as well because they were so close to being P45 crew themselves this season. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. beautiful. All right then. So, uh, yeah, uh, now it's time for our end of season stat attack, lads. So, I have, I have uh, gone into the depths of Opta, Squawker, and all the other stats places and got you a humdinger of a quickfire round Okay. for the stat attack, right? So, you're gonna bu- so I'm going to ask you to buzz. We've got, got 20 here. We're going to ask you to buzz in with what you think is the right answer. If you get it wrong, it passes to the colleague here. And if you both get it wrong, I'll give you the answer. Is that fair? Hey, so, hang on. I got, I got my hands full here. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry Neil those are the rules <laughs> if, if your daughter has any suggestions I, I will happily give the point to you <laughs> so uh, can she can she ring the buzzer by shitting her pants that's yeah the answer is no I, I know she I know she's in, she's willing but uh, I think that would be ill-advised on an audio format and um, so Question number one, quick fire round. So just like maybe say your name or something like that. might work. So, which team won the Fair Play Award in the Premier League this season? Bergbot. Burnley. Wrong. Oh. Um, the Fair Play Award? Yes. Best disciplinary record. Fuck. And technically would have given them a Europa League spot. Ooh. Watford? Is the wrong answer. With a record of 38 yellow cards and one red card, it's Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool, I didn't know that. Liverpool have actually won the Fair Play Award three years in a row. Since Klopp has been in charge, they've never lost the Fair Play Awards. Wow. Uh, fun fact. Uh, question number two. Which player has scored two hat-tricks this season more than any other player? Ooh. Uh, Neil, uh, Vardy? Wrong. Fuck. He scored one. Aguero. Is wrong as well. But you were closest, Burkbot. It's Raheem Sterling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, after lockdown. Question number three. How many penalties did Manchester United win this season? Neil. Oh. 14. Is the correct answer. Got there first. One nil to the Arsenal. <laughs> uh, question number four. How many times did Chelsea lose at home this season? Oh, uh, Burkbot. Go for it. Five. Is the correct answer. Wow. Yes. It is actually one of their whole worst home records since Abramovich took charge. Would you believe? Okay. So, yeah. One all adds to the Arsenal. Um, <laughs> question number five. Jamie Vardy became the oldest player to win the Golden Boot. Who was the oldest player before then? Neil. Ian Roy. Wrong. Fuck. 
It is, it is only by a matter of days, though. Um, Van Persie? Wrong as well. It's, oh, uh, it's Didier Drogba. 32 days and 167... 32 years and 167 days. But Ian Wright and Andy Cole also got there at the same age, if you, if you, if you like. So, still one all lads. Question number six. This is a Spurs question. How many Tottenham players serve suspensions this season for earning five or more yellow cards? Burkbot. Four. Wrong. Neil, seven. Wrong as well, but you're the closest. The answer is nine. What? Yeah. Uh, Spurs has the second worst disciplinary record ahead of Arsenal, but they've racked up the most yellow cards. Harry Winks, Momo Sissoko, Toby Alderweireld, Ben Davis, uh, Giovanni Lo Celso, Davidson Sanchez, Eric Dyer, Christian Eriksen and Danny Rose all served suspensions this season. Wonder why. Cards. <laughs> yeah. So, question number seven. Still one all, lads. Which team went the entire 2019-2020 Premier League season without an English goal scorer? Oh, I saw this. Um, I saw that and I was like, oh, that's a cool fact. Ah, fuck it. Um, Any takers? Neil, Wolves is the correct answer. (laughs) Their only English team player in the team is Connor Cody. I think there, come on! <laughs> I, I, I just went for that because, like, they have the entire population of Portugal on there. <laughs> exactly, it was, a, it was a good guess either way. Like, you know, um, so yes, two one to Neil. Um, question number eight: Which player gave away five penalties this season more than any player ever in one Premier League season? David Luiz is the correct answer. Two apiece. Shock hard. Right, grabbing my fucking arm hair. I couldn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the girls are working each- together. It's some sort of weird female telepathy. <laughs> this fucker. Question number nine. Who scored more goals for Sheffield United this season? The defenders, midfielders, or strikers? Oh, um, I'm going to say midfielders because it might be too obvious to go defenders. It's the wrong answer. Oh. Striker, strikers is the correct answer. Yes, it was a double bluff. The strikers have scored 17 goals, midfielders have scored 12, and the defenders have scored 6. So, uh, Neil, you lead again, 3-2. Question number 10. <laughs> Which player was caught offside the most times this season? Um, Abraham. Is the wrong answer. Oh. Oh, okay. What was it? Sterling? Not Sterling, no. The great okay. answer was uh, Burnley star man, Chris Wood. Oh, He's yeah. been caught offside 35 times this season. Fuck off. Yeah. That's yeah. By yeah. <laughs> Harry Kane attendee was second with 32. I always, want to, I always just want to say Walcott. Yeah, Walcott's born offside in fairness. And here's one for you. Question number 11. How many Irish players appeared for Southampton this season? Three. Is the correct answer. The answer is Shane Long, Michael Obafemi, and Will Smallbone. 
who uh, played who played nine times and got two assists. <laughs> I tend to visually on the camera. Do I get any points for that? It's an audio format, Burkeball. No. You didn't listen to me when I said I had my hands full, so I couldn't actually say shit. And you're like, nee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I'm getting distracted by the baby more. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He's There's no possible chance. You now. There's no possible chance she's distracting you more than me right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all running a game of interference, lads. So yes. Neil, you lead four two now. Uh, Question number 12. Alex Awobi made 25 appearances in his debut season at Everton. How many goals did he score? Two. Wrong. One. Is the correct answer. He scored one goal this season. Embarrassing. Yeah. 40 million well spent. Isn't it like one goal and one assist? Like two goal... Just one goal. One goal. No assists. He's no assists. No assists. Just one goal out of 25 games. That's it. 35 million well spent, baby. Absolutely. So, uh, Neil, you wait, you're leading 5-2. Burkwell, catch yourself on, will you? Um, so, question number 13. Which goalkeeper has made the most errors leading to goals this season? Oh. It's like, it's such a choice. Um mm. I might even say cruel. Tim Cruel, interesting choice. It's the wrong answer though. Okay. Pickford. It's also the wrong answer. The correct Pepper. answer, would you believe, was Martin Dubravka. <sighs> Dubravka. He has conceded five goals off errors. Would you believe? Oh, his own errors. Yeah. Yeah. Oh fuck. Hmm. Uh, again, Pickford and De Gea and Kepa, I think, registered three. But the Bradford yeah. was the stand-up leader. Um, question number 14. This is a Crystal Palace question. Christian Benteke scored two goals this season. How many Crystal Palace defenders outscored him this season? Uh, three of them. Is the wrong answer. Four. Is also the wrong answer. You had to go lower, lads. It was two. Oh. Patrick Van Anholt and Jeffrey Schlupp outscored him this season. Uh, James Tomskins got two goals, which is the same as him. So, a harsh there. But, uh, yes, yeah, so the answer, it's still uh, 5-2 to you guys. Um, question number 15. Which three teams recorded 14 draws this season, the highest of anyone else? If you get two out of the three, I'll give you a half point. <laughs> um, Arsenal and... Um, shit. So on Palace? Three teams. Three teams have scored I've drawn fourteen times. Arsenal, Palace and Burnley. You have one out of the three right there. So no points. Burkwatt, to you. Uh, what was uh, Sheffield. Sorry, can you give me them again there? My internet dropped out. Um, Arsenal, Sheffield and Everton uh, You also got one right Arsenal did draw 14 But so did Wolves and Brighton Fun fact That was my Brighton question for this quiz That's the only thing interesting I found about Brighton <laughs> <laughs> Sorry lads That's all you got from me So uh, yeah Still 5-2 lads at the moment I won't give you any points for that Question number 16 Roberto 
played 10 league games for West Ham this season. How many goals did he concede in that time? <laughs> 15. Is the wrong answer. How many games did he play? 10. 10, Ten league games. Um, I know it was a ridiculous now. I might say 17. And you would be correct. The answer was 17. The fight back <laughs> is on, lads. The fight back is on. Yeah, he scored, conceded 17 in 10 games. In all yeah. fairness, I'm currently getting spat all over, so I'm at somewhat of a disadvantage. It's a Friday night for Barkbot. She's doing the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, the answer, so it's 5-3 with four questions to go. This is very exciting. Question number 17. How many Aston Villa players recorded 10 or more Premier League goals this season? Uh, none of them. None. Is the correct answer. Neil got there first. Jack Grealish was the closest with eight goals. None of their strikers got more than five. Their top, second goal, top goal scorer was Trezeguet with six. That's how shit they were. So, Burke, while you unfortunately cannot win that attack now, you can only draw. So, it's 6-3. Uh, question number 18. Which Wilson scored more goals this season at Bournemouth? Callum or Harry? Harry. It's the wrong answer, I'm afraid. Neil? Callum. Callum, Callum scored eight goals. Harry scored seven. Yeah. I know. Uh, second last question then. So, Neil, you have, you've won, but let's see if Burpa can close the gap. How many league games did Watford win until Nigel Pearson took over? What? How many league games did Watford win until Nigel Pearson took over? Four. No. Two. Also, no. They managed one win before Nigel Pearson took over. Are you on oh, man, that's terrible. The only one against Norwich. <laughs> when Sexy Cardigan Man was in charge. Otherwise, there were lose, losses and draws. That's all they managed until Nigel came up. And the last question then, to really knock it, to knock fucking Norwich into the stratosphere. How many goals did Norwich's strikers score if you exclude their top goal scorer, Timu Puki? Four. Wrong. Something like 11. So Pookie scored 11, but how, outside of 11, outside of his scores, who else, what else of his strikers scored uh, goals? Isn't it something like dismal? It's like 14 or something like that. So, you, so if you clocked it back, then you'd say three. Three goals. Yeah. Is the wrong answer, but you were closest. Two goals. Oh, wow. One for Joseph Dermich, who came in in January. And one for Dennis Serbany, who left in January. All the, all the other strikers' goals were all pooky. With that was so bad. It's actually just upsetting Aaron. Really. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yes, Neil, you've won the uh, big end of season stat attack. Don't you love to see it? Wee. Hey, great day for the parish. So, uh, guys, we're gonna um, we're gonna call it there. I think we've had it. That's yeah. a very meaty podcast. When we come, we're going to do another podcast in two weeks' time for our Champions League. And on that podcast, we're going to give out our CODs of the season. I think we're yeah. going to give it 
we're going to give it plenty of time. Let us flesh out those cards and really just vent our fury at the season we've had. So uh, thank you very much for watching this uh, and listening indeed to this uh, Premier League uh, review. Um, more of the same in five weeks, lads, I guess. <laughs> but first, we've got Champions League to deal with and Europa League. So uh, again, uh, give us a follow on Monday Madness LP for all the stuff that we're doing in the future. Podcasts, streams, let's plays, the whole shebang. Um, you'll find them all there. Or perhaps you're watching the video version of this on Nerds or Us, whichever, whichever you happen to get to first. But for now, lads... <laughs> As I send this home, as everyone else plays with the baby, um, <laughs> I've been Jonathan, that's been Burkbot, that's been Neil, and baby Aaron. Uh, we'll see you next time. Because that was liquid football. Bye. Bye. <laughs>